You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. The following program is rated TV-MA-LSV. It contains strong language, sexual situations, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. time for your main event in the ring at this time the team of macho man randy savage and the ultimate warrior known as the ultimate maniacs and their opponents wait a minute this can't be right there's no way And their opponents, the Retro Renegades, Corey and Mikey. We're going to get our asses kicked. God damn it. Hey there, how's it going? And welcome to another episode of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power. I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. And uh, I'm so impressed when I get that ready. I'm going to get that right. I know. I'm just you so, know, so happy. After two seasons. You'd, yeah, you'd think I wouldn't have trouble. But I, I, I struggle with it every time. I think it's because I do too much. Yeah. I do a lot of shit. You don't even know what show you're on. Sometimes I don't, and then and then we changed the name of the show that I was on. So now I'm thoroughly confused with that shit. Oh, I know. At least but, at least you don't have to do the introduction. Right. I just have to be there. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I don't even know what the hell we're talking about. So I just sit there and look pretty on the camera. See, I'm glad we don't do a camera because you know we, we don't look. We pretty. both have faces for radio, and that's yeah. why we do this. Yeah, we don't look pretty, and we can. Do but we could we could say what on. we could talk about the name change for you, you other guys real quick. Oh well, yeah. It uh, the the Russian leg sweep went through a little name change. We we are we're growing, and uh, I would I would say mutating. Well, yeah, we are mutating. Uh, that, that fits the theme a little bit better too. Um, we are uh, what the fuck are we called? Nerd apocalypse. Yeah, nerd apocalypse. Wow. Yeah, I almost said nerdgasm, and I was like, no, that's not it. It's nerd That's a different show. Yeah, nerd apocalypse. <laughs> wow. That's gonna be our new name. Nerdgasm. <laughs> nerdgasm. I don't think so. Oldgasm. Oldgasm. <laughs> Just uh, right up. <laughs> it's retro time, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you sure do got a pretty mouth. So, that's a different movie. No. <laughs> um, but, no, we just, we're just we talking about all things kind of nerdy, kind of, you know, things that we enjoy, things that we're, you know, geeky about. And, you know, it, it was a fun time. Um, every Saturday at 1 o'clock uh, Central Time, we will be on... Uh, 11? What? I think it's 11. A.M.? I think so. It is not. It's 1. Because we had to do it late, because I sometimes work on Saturdays. Oh, that's right. I knew it had a yeah. 1 in it. Yes, yeah, it, it does. It has 1. I pop in every once in a while one, one. to enjoy the show. Um, What the hell's going on at 11, then? I have no idea. Oh. But I just want to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. That's my my daily, my weekend restroom Schedule, schedule my poop break for for Saturday. Well, don't get him confused because you know you'll be tuning in going, oh, this guy's supposed to be doing a show, and then you're gonna shit your pants because you're not gonna be planning trying. Or I'm to gonna have a, one. My stomach's gonna hurt. Yeah, and you'll be. And then I gotta then I gotta do both at the same time. Oh, but yeah, don't 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 do that, guys. I'm pooping. 
Oh, I think I probably told you guys that. I we probably have. Say I'm saving that for next week, actually. But no, it's it's a fun time. We we uh, we stream on on Twitch, and uh, we are also on Facebook Live. So if you get on the Twitch, though, you can actually chat with us. Yeah. And that's how I jump on is get on Twitch. I never yeah. had Twitch until I until you guys started. I I had Twitch. Yeah, that's why I got Twitch. And well. I still don't understand Twitch. The only thing I don't like is like I can still listen to the show and I, yeah. I can go to a different app, but then I come back and then I can't comment. I have to close out the whole thing. Yep. And then and go back in. Go back in. I'm yeah. like ah son of a bitch. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it takes a little learning. Yeah, there's a little learning curve there, but it's a lot of fun. So and then we got we're gonna start doing our our. Um, Film critic shit. Well, yeah, you're 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 doing that. Yeah, I'm just gonna. You're just gonna be my my voice of chaos. Yeah, I'm just gonna be the. You're just gonna be my encouragement. I'm gonna be the stick that stirs the shit. And you you know I can I can get worked up when it comes. Oh, to I know I, I know how to do it. I, I know exactly how to get you. We've worked got up. the green screen. We just got to get everything else figured out and what we're gonna start with. It's gonna be a good movie though. I know that much. Yeah, no, the first movie. Yeah, yeah. It'll be something that Cisco and Ebert or whoever the fuck is still alive hated. And well, I know that Siskel is dead. I don't know about Ebert. He's still alive, and yeah. he sucks. Um, I'm getting worked up already. I know. I, you know, I think we should dive into something that's going to just really be an energetic show. We should, we, or you should review the uh, Mummy by uh, with Tom Cruise in it. Oh, for fuck's sake! You know, I actually own this movie. You own that movie? I bought. It. I, I was. You know, by buying that movie, you probably put like twelve cents in Tom Cruise's pocket. You you get you should have just rolled up and gave him a dime and two two pennies like there you go Mr. <laughs> Cruz there you go uh, well I can say when I first watched it I was not in my right state of mind I've been drinking oh and it was the greatest movie I ever seen so you like Tom Cruise when you're drunk no I just liked uh, that movie when I was drunk <laughs> oh okay well I you know I I did like Tom Cruise at the time and then I. I watched the movie the next day. I think with you. I don't know if you watched it with me. You, you. I, I've seen some of it. Did I fall asleep? Probably. Okay. And that's when I discovered that this is the worst movie ever made. Yeah. Okay. And my and my, my, my hate for Tom Cruise began. Yeah. And it went retroactive because you hate everything he's ever done. Yeah. I just don't like him. Well, I think that's the first thing you should do, or like Top Gun or something. The old one, not the new one. Well, the, the, old, the old one's good. I can't even bag on the old one. Except it has Tom Cruise in it. Yeah, but it's got Val Kilmer in it. Val Kilmer's awesome. And uh, Kelly Preston. And Kelly Preston. Yes. Which she was hot. Yes. So, yeah, well, so... And the guy from Revenge of... Wait, no, it wasn't the guy from Revenge of the Nerds. It was the guy from... Uh, who played who played um, Goose? I don't know. The guy from ER? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Or that was the guy from Revenge of the Nerds, one of the two. But we're going to pick something. No, uh, the guy from Revenge of the Nerds was in 30-something. I think that's where you're getting confused. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. I need to do my research. Probably. But, you know, that's that's a good one. We can, we can start with that one. Top, Top Gun? No, The Mummy. We're going to start with The Mummy. We're going to start with Rage. Carrie 2 movie? Oh, that'd be good. Because I like that movie. Yeah. I did like that movie. There's got to be something wrong with it, though. The Rage character. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with it. <laughs> so, uh, what have you done this week? Um, well, let's see. I took a little vacation. 
just a long weekend for the holiday. Right. Because today is the 4th of July. Yes, we are recording on the 4th of July. So happy 4th of July, everybody. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, you have all your fingers you all reattached. Your fingers and everybody had a good time. And since you'll be hearing us on Friday, which, let's see, it's the 4th today, so the 5th, 6th, 7th. It'll be about the 8th. Yeah. Quit lighting off the goddamn fireworks. Yeah, it's been a week. You guys need to stop that shit. Yeah. You, you had your time. Stop. Because, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of fireworks. I like watching them. I don't like hearing them. I like watching them from afar. Yeah. Um, my thing is, you know, as you know, my dad made fireworks and set off the big displays. and Rosenblatt. Yeah, Ro- yeah all, Rosenblatt, Penny Park, Adventureland, all the big shows. He actually worked on, um, th- th- and this I thought was kind of cool. He actually worked on a giant fireworks show. In 1976, nice. That was uh, sent across the country, and different different um, fireworks manufacturers were asked to work on it to do their component for it or whatever, add their yeah their flavor to it. And that was the bicentennial year for the United States. Oh no, yeah, that's right. And that is right. Yeah. This fireworks shell, I guess it was just gigantic. Um, it was shot over the Statue of Liberty. So my dad worked on a shell that was fired over the Statue of Liberty for the bicentennial. Well, it's a good thing it didn't malfunction and actually hit the Statue of Liberty. Well, yeah, that's that's. This, a good this thing sounds like one of the Moab missiles. Well, do you know that somebody could have put something in it to make the Statue of Liberty come to life, and then the, and then dance in the streets. Your the love is making me higher. Yeah, but that didn't happen either. That would have been awesome. I think so. You'd be like, yep, see that shit? Statue of Liberty walking around? My dad She's did that. tough. She's a harbor chick. Yeah. My dad did that shit. That's awesome. But no, but yeah, he, he did that. So, I mean, he I've seen the best of the best, you know? So, for one thing... That's a good movie, too. That is a great movie. We should review that on that show. But for, for one thing... We gotta um, come up with a name for it first, though. The best of the best. No, that's a terrible name for... Oh, okay. For that show, um, I have I, I have an idea, but I have forgot what it was. I have to remember it again. I should write but, this shit down. So, anyways, you know, the, as far as fireworks go, you know, I sit there and I watch. And I'm like, you know, I remember growing up seeing a lot better fireworks shows than, than this. Not bagging on anybody's fireworks show, but it's like they're lame now. When you're in, when well, when you grow up in the business, you see a lot of really cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing that it's like, meh. You know, I've seen it all, or I've seen a lot of a lot of it. I haven't seen it all, but I've seen a lot of it. Um, the other thing is, that was my dad lighting it off, so there was always, especially as I got older, there was an element of, is, you know, is my dad okay doing this, you know? Yeah. And we had certain codes that we would, you know, little code things that signals and stuff. Um, we have those same things. We have codes. Yeah, well, we do, but, you know, we, there was there was a code that you could, because you could see him out there, and they had like a road flare, and you could see him lighting the fireworks, and so at the end of the show, when everybody was okay... He would throw the road flare up in the air, and that was a signal. We're done. Everybody's safe. Nice. You know, so, but nobody else knew that, but that, that was, the, like, the code. And if if the the shells, if the show just stopped, something was wrong. Yeah. Because if something went wrong and then nothing else happened, something was wrong. Somebody was hurt or whatever. So, you know, there were certain little codes that we had, signals and stuff. So I'm sitting there. If I can see the people that are firing it, I'm watching them. Yeah, you know, and it's like, why don't I don't I don't even know them, but I want them to be safe. But they're not doing the signals, and I'm like, come on, guys, come on, you know. And or I've been I've had fireworks blow up on me before that you know my dad was setting them off and they malfunctioned and they blew Kick up back, over top yeah. of me, you know, um, when I was a kid. 
So that explains a lot. Yeah, Did yeah. You under power lines when you were a kid. Oh yeah, I, like, I grew up <laughs> under power lines and ate some paint chips and, um, but uh, I will sit there when they when they start shooting off two or three at a time. I'll count them and be like, okay, that one didn't blow up. Oh, there it went. Okay, there's that one didn't blow up. I thought I thought five went up, only four went off. I start getting paranoid that there are unexploded shells out there somewhere, yeah. and. So I don't. I get anxiety watching fireworks anymore, and then the the, the loud noises I don't care for. Yeah, I, I the older I get, and yeah, yeah, that's what it is. The older I get, I fucking hate them. Like my my daughter likes fireworks, but she doesn't like the when they're super loud. And see, that's what I used to. And then love. You know, like now I've got you know my my animals. Yep. Like Rocky, you know, my my cat Rocky. You know, he's fifteen. Nothing phases him. Right. He's seen it all. Yeah, and he's sitting outside, and we let him in a little bit ago. And people were lighting off artillery shells, and then we just vibrate in the house. And yeah. I was like, I got went and go get him. He's just like, dude, I'm just chilling. Well, so I guys just grabbed him anyway to bring him inside. So yeah, yeah, no need to be outside the fireworks. That's last night. I thought fireworks were going off. Um, <laughs> it was a thunderstorm. It was a thunderstorm. I didn't realize that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't leave my house very much yesterday. So. <laughs> I didn't actually. I didn't leave my bed very much yesterday. I just. I just hung out at home, you know, in bed and watched movies and shit. And watched. Uh, what the fuck did I watch? I don't know. Remember, but. Um, I went to A and W root beer. Yeah, was it good? That was good. Yeah, they have root beer. They did. Okay, that's that's good. Sometimes they don't. I think we discussed that. Yes, we did. Um, but yeah, they, 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 apparently it was thunder and lightning, and I thought it was flashes and booms from the fireworks. And Tessie didn't even wake up. I'm like, okay, this dog's fine. Yeah, she nothing phases her, except the other when when those tornadoes came through, and I she got a little oh yeah. concerned about that. And I think that's because the lights went off. She's scared of the dark. So which, it was like Rocky's scared of the fans when the fans are off. Yeah, and that was bizarre. That was so bizarre. He's not scared of anything. Nothing phases him. But when you turn the fan off, yeah, so we got one fan in our house that clicks. The strings are the chains aren't long enough. Yeah. So when it, it moves, it hits the it hits the bulbs. Yeah, and we can't have it because you you may have you may have noticed in some episodes when you hear you, it off. Yeah, you hear that. Tick, 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 tick. But when you turn that off, Rocky looks right up at the fan and he runs away. You know, people probably thought that that was like our click track to keep us on timing. We have timing, so, so, so that our rhythm was. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, like some drummers have headphones on. Yeah, they they have a click track so that when they're drumming, they got that one, two, three, four. They can keep beat. Um, Maybe that the people thought that was our click track for, so we stay on topic. So we stay on. Well, fuck, it didn't work. <laughs> no, <laughs> but no. So we so we stay on time. So we you know our cadence, yes. our cadence is right and everything. Yeah, we don't have any of that shit. No, we don't have timing. We don't stay on topic. We don't have a cadence. We just. I don't even know what a cadence means. Uh, like the rhythm of your speech, or like when you're marching. It's the rhythm of the night. You ever see that movie Cadence? I don't think so. You should you should review that. It's a great, it's a good movie. What's it about? Um, it's about uh, Charlie Sheen um, goes in the army because he well he, Charlie Sheen gets in a, in a bar fight and they it's basically back in the day when they used to say okay you can either go to prison or go to the army oh okay and he's like I'll go to the army and he does not want to conform so like I like Charlie Sheen he's like he's like the Kmart um, or he's he's like the the funnier version of Tom Cruise yes the more entertaining person. yes and he's the crazier he's actually crazier than Tom Cruise yeah is. which is wild. Um, but but so so they send him to the army and he like does he doesn't want to conform while he's in the army so like we're gonna do you one better he's like yeah this isn't so bad like we're gonna do you one better and this is this is back in the days of segregation yeah they put him in an all black platoon oh shit and they're like there you go and these guys are treated like shit 
and uh, he kind of it's a, it's a good movie. I'm gonna check that out. What's it called? Cadence. Cadence. I used to I used to watch it all the time, and my my dad actually, uh, well, my my parents both had to have a talk with me because I watched it so much. Yeah. They had to have a talk with me because at one point to rebel against the army, this is back when you couldn't have tattoos. And he went and got eight balls tattooed on the back of each of his hands. I've seen this. Yes. It's been a long time since yeah. I've seen it. And my parents he were like, did He did it when he was drunk. In yeah. The movie. yeah. He got drunk and he went and got eight balls tattooed on the back of each of his hands. And my parents were like, okay, listen. Do not go get an eight ball tattooed on your hand. And I'm like, what? They're like, listen be, listen to me now. Don't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, why? I don't know. He looks cool. He's got a good cast. Yeah, it's a great movie. You should, yeah, you should watch it and review it. I, I want to watch it again now. I haven't thought about that movie in forever. And I used to rent it constantly. Back when you used to rent movies. You know what we should do? Rent a movie? No. no. I mean, I guess we could, yeah. But I mean, like an actual blockbuster. I miss those things. So do I. What we should do with our... When we do the... The, 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 the film critic shit. Yeah. We should just do like Joe Bob does. Not steal his thing. Oh, show the movie? Yeah, watch the movie, stop it, and then talk about it. Well, I don't we, know if we could do that. We, I mean, yeah, we get some copyright issues there. Yeah, it would cost us a lot. It costs a lot of money. A lot of money, I'm sure. No, we'll, we we'll just we'll just watch the movie off camera, and then talk about it on camera. Yeah, that's why we, we should do. We can we'll play we'll play audio clips. Oh, we can do that. We can hide that. Yeah, we'll we'll bury it, hide it. We can do it now. I know. <laughs> Shh, they might be listening. Nobody's oh, cut on yet. It's the 4th of July, dude. They know we're listening. Oh, okay, yeah. They're all on vacation. Yeah. So. Yeah, what else went on? Well, we, went, we had wrestling on Saturday. We did. It, Saturday. That was a wild-ass show. That was a good show. It was a very good show. Yeah. I spent yesterday editing all the videos and then this morning. Yeah, because you uh, you came on board uh, with, with the rest the, the other wrestling show. Yeah. It's uh, PWP Live Presents Ringside Recap. It's where uh, myself and... Uh, my co-broadcasters, Moose and Denise, provide commentary for the wrestling matches, and Corey shoots video. So When my tripod doesn't fall over a break. Oh, we looked over, you had it all set up, and then pretty soon it was gone. I was like, well, that didn't last long. You can come over, my fucking tripod broke. Oh, I bumped the table, and it just fell. That sucked. Yeah, I was so mad. I mean, it was like $10 tripod, but I can get another one. But yeah, we, 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 it was a wild time, good crowd. It was fun to have it on a Saturday. You know? Yeah, it was a sold-out show. It was? Yeah. Uh, and then, so, coinciding with this 4th of July fireworks shit, I was uh, I was walking back to my car. I parked about a block away by this bar that, that we like to go to. And uh, I, was, uh, I was, which my buddy that like we talked about last episode that used to borrow that truck and I spit all down the side of the truck. Yeah. Uh, I pulled up and he was hanging out at the bar. I haven't seen him in I don't know how long. It's been a, quite a while. It's been probably a couple years since I've seen him. Maybe a year, year or two. Um, he's like leading on the, the fence of the beer garden, drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette and talking to some guys. And I parked right next to the bar, right next to the beer garden. And I got out and I, I go across the street, I yell, hey! And everybody like bristled up like they're getting ready for a fight. <laughs> and my buddy, he, he rides a motorcycle. And he was there with some of the guys that he rides bike with. And, you know, kind of, you know, not like a, a club or anything, just a, uh, you know, a bunch of guys that ride. And they all, you know, like bristle up. They're like all ready to fight. And he's like, hey, what's up, brother? And they're, they're like, oh, you can tell they're disappointed they get to beat some ass. Well, last week we also did the uh, a charity event for Lacey's sister. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
Did we talk? We did. Well, we didn't talk about that. No, because we we'll, felt we we'll, recorded on Saturday. Yeah, we'll, last co- week. we'll cover that next. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I, I talked to him, and and uh, so that was kind of cool. And then and then when I was going back to the bar to pick up my car about oh, midnight or so, uh, I was walking down the sidewalk, going up to the bar, and I could hear this guy yelling something, but I couldn't quite pick up what he was yelling. But he was yelling something. Well, I come to find out he was yelling, fire in the hole. Oh, shit. He goes, fire in the hole, fire in the hole, fire in the hole. And I was like, what the hell is he saying? And all of a sudden, it must have been like a half stick of dynamite. It it blew up in the middle of the street, and it was so loud, I felt the concussion on my chest, and then I jumped, because I don't like loud noises like that. Yeah. I jumped, and I, like, I pulled a muscle in my back. <laughs> I jumped so hard. And so the whole, like, the next, I don't know, like, 20 feet that I had to walk to my car, I was cussing the whole thing. Stupid motherfuckers. Fucking, fucking fireworks. And, fucking and I get my car. I'm like, fucking, fucking, fucking. Oh, my God. Oh, I was so mad. Oh. And then I get my car. And normally I like to sit in my car and kind of, you know, get my podcast, whatever I'm listening to, all queued up and ready to go and check my messages or whatever. I get in my car and I'm like, I don't want them setting off some other bomb in the street that I have to yeah so I was like fuck it and I left I'm like god damn it I had to I pulled up to the next stop and got my shit in order okay yeah yeah I got my shit in order and then, my, then I'm like man my fucking back hurts <laughs> yeah well then there was that, that so speaking of because we had what, our topic last week with the 90s grunge yeah. and heroin there's a heroin overdose at the gas station oh yeah yeah when I drove I was I saw the, the rescue squad and there was like a, a couple cops there was a fire truck there because I guess they call the fire truck out when they have EMT yeah. call, and there was a fire truck there, and there was uh, there was a rescue squad. I was like, "What the hell's going on there?" I thought maybe somebody you know tried to rob the place and somebody got shot. I was like, "This, I'm not going to stop there, but I'm just going to you know what the fuck's going on." And I get home and he'd send me a thing. There was that two people in their fifties and sixties had a heroin overdose. Had a heroin overdose in the, in the parking just lot, just sitting in the parking lot. And I was like, "Oh, that's sad," but you know. I never thought that heroin was like an old man's game. You know? I don't. Th- I don't think you make it to an old man if you no. do heroin. And I don't think. You, I don't think it's something you just like retire from work. Go. What am I going to do? Let's start doing heroin. Yeah. You know? got nothing else to do. Might as well yeah. do heroin. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's sad. I hope they're okay. I, I haven't seen anything, but yeah. Fucking heroin overdose. Yeah, like, oh. yeah, fucking nuts. And I and I was listening to Nirvana on my way there actually. So I was like, that's, oh, that's even. That's kind I of. Mean, it's, yeah. It was poetic, just, almost. Yeah, I was like, "This is fucking weird," but uh, so uh, yeah. Then we had the charity event. Yeah, for uh, for Lacey's sister. I thought that went really well. That did go very well. Yeah. Um, I got up and told some stories and hosted the event. You I almost were, got into a fight with a drunk guy. You almost got in a fight at the door because he, he spilled water on himself or his drink on himself, and he thought I knocked him over. Jesus Christ! I was just sitting there in the chair running the door. I'm like. He's like, this guy's bouncing off of me. And he looks at me and he's like, oh, I'm just kidding, man. Yeah, <laughs> when he looks and sees a little wall sitting there. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens a lot, actually. He'd be like, what the fuck? Never mind, Never sir. Never mind. Was, anybody who knows me, know, I mean, or doesn't know me, if you guys watch wrestling, I'm like a little mini Otis. Yeah. <laughs> Otis. <laughs> well, when he had the beard, he looked a lot more like you, though. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a fun event that we had... Uh, uh, our buddy uh, uh, Sam Comatose did a, per- a performance, and actually, Lacey's aunt, who was like in her sixties, 
came up. And oh, yeah, she really liked him. She loved him. She's like, I really love what you do. And what he does is he is uh, he's a, a monster. Yeah, <laughs> he it, le- legit. He's. I thought he was more like a like a almost like a uh, serial killer type person. Well, he is. He's a slasher. Um, he not in real life, but his stage performance. Yeah, his, his, the character of Comatose is a is like a, a slasher, but he's a, a pumpkin demon thing. He's a rotten pumpkin demon yeah. guy. Um, and so they really enjoyed that. Uh, he's, li- he's little Sam all grown up. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, Eric Luna did some mentalism that really blew people's minds. I wish I could have seen that. Uh, I couldn't hear anything or see anything from where I was sitting. He's a, he, he's an amazing performer. Eric's a good dude. I like yeah, Eric. Yeah, yeah. And he gave me that ghost in a jar. That's right. Yeah. You had any more problems with that thing? Uh, did I tell you about the little girl that I've been seeing? The no. spirit? Uh-uh. Oh. Um, so, what what it is, uh, Eric does, uh, he does mentalism, which is like, the, you know, David Blaine, Eric, uh, Chris Angel kind of thing. But not as... But, yeah, he's, he's not a, uh, as arrogant. Yeah. And he's not a asshole. Um, like David Blaine? Yeah. Well, yeah, both, I think both of them are kind of arrogant pricks. But uh, Eric Luna is not. He's a very, very nice guy. And, you know, he does, like, mind reading and, you know, here, you take this piece of paper to the other side of the room and I'm going to ask you to write the name of your first pet on it and then put it in this envelope, seal it, and bring it back and give it to that guy over there Mm -hmm. to hold until we need it. And then he'll pick up a chalkboard, he'll write something down, and then he'll come get the envelope, have them open the envelope so there's no funny business. He's not doing anything. And... The name, I mean, it, if it's not dead on, it's so close that there's no way that he it was. Oh no, shit! Like the one he asked a guy, you know, write your the name of one of your childhood friends, and the guy wrote down Sands, Sands, S A N S, and Eric had written something down, and the guy he goes Sands, and he goes, yeah, he goes, his name's John Sands, but we we call him Sands, and he goes. Well, that's interesting. So I didn't get it right, but that's interesting. And when he turned his thing around, it said Sanders. Oh, no shit. So when you're looking for a guy's name or a person's name, and you just pull out Sanders out of the blue, and it's close, it's even close to a nickname that the yeah. guy called, that's weird. That's that's really fucking cool. And uh, the other one was the name, and this girl wrote down, it was actually Sam's wife, uh, wrote down um, Coley. That was the name of her first cat, Coley. And he got that dead on. Coley is a weird name. Yeah. And he got it dead on. He goes, I thought it was a weird name, but that's all that came to me. And yeah, he's he's pretty amazing. But he also does, he works with spirits uh, and, and uh, the paranormal. And he does almost, and it's not like an exorcism, but he draws spirits off of people that have attached themselves, like they're following them around. And he had done this and he bound the spirit to an object, wrapped the object in a cloth, wrapped the cloth in a twine that he had soaked in holy water, put it in a mason jar, and then sealed the mason jar with wax from a trinity candle. So this thing's pretty well bound bound in there. And then he's like, I didn't feel that it was like a malicious evil spirit, so do you want it? I'm like, yep. Yep. And I took it home. Well, I don't know if this is coincidental or not, probably, because there is a tree right outside my window. But I've never heard it do this. Um, the first night it was there, I heard scratching on the glass. And I'm like, okay, that's a pine tree out there. So usually it doesn't make scratchy noises yeah. this loud. 
And the pine trees don't move a lot. No, and this is a huge, huge pine tree. So it doesn't, it's pretty, pretty solid. Um, so I had that, and I'm like, ah, that's just coincidence that I've got a spirit in a glass jar, and now there's a sound of glass being scratched yeah. right outside my window. Yeah, it's just coincidence, no big deal. I think not. So then I went to work, and I work in a care center. And I walked by the TV room, and there was nobody in there, but I walked by, and just out of the corner of my eye, I saw a little girl in a white dress sitting on the floor coloring. And I walked by, and I was like, did I just see somebody sitting on the floor? And, of course, at a care center, you got to worry about some of the residents falling. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to make sure that that hadn't happened. So I took a couple steps back, and I looked, and there was nothing there. And I'm like, but oh, I, that's crazy. But I know, I know that I saw it. Yeah. And so I walked into the room just to see if there was anybody that maybe had stepped around the corner where I couldn't see them. And there was nobody in there. And as I was in there, out of the corner of my eye, I saw this little girl walk by the door in the hallway. And so I knew there was no kids in there. We, we don't have little kids yeah. in our, you know, in our place. And I mean, if they're visiting, but they're not running around the building. And so I quick went and looked out and there was nobody in that hallway. Nobody that could even like fit the bill. It wasn't even like a... Nobody a, resemble a little girl. No, not even. I mean, we have some short people that work there, but uh, there was nobody that even fit that bill. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. So I went home that evening. And when I went home, I was uh, just, you know, kind of hanging out. I'm like, that was weird that I saw that. And I went out to start cooking dinner. So I'm cooking dinner, and it was just me and the dog. And the dog doesn't wear dresses. You know, she's not... Well, she might when you're gone. She, she could. She doesn't have any. I, I, if she has them, she's got them hidden. Um, <laughs> Your mom has them. Yeah, she comes over and puts a dress on her. And then when I pull in the driveway, she takes it off. All right, Tessie, time's over. Yeah, home. yeah, yeah, take it off. Um <laughs> But it was just it was just me and the dog, you know, at the house, and the, I knew the dog was laying on the bed. Well, I'm cooking, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw this movement, and so I I didn't like fully look over. I just kind of looked over the corner of my eye, and I saw this little girl in a white dress standing there, kind of peeking around the corner, and I'd look, and she'd kind of dart back behind the corner, and then I'd go back to cooking dinner, and I'd kind of look, and I'd see her again. I'm like, God damn, okay, and so I finally I was I was cooking. I didn't even I could, I could see out of the corner of my eye. I could see something, and I go. I see you. If you want to come over here, come over here. And I saw a little bit more, and then I turned to look at Darder on the corner, and I went right after. Nothing. Yeah. So I asked Eric, I'm like, do you think that could happen? He goes, it could be something to do with that, or it could be that it's it's trying to fuck with you, or maybe it's drawn something else out that has already been in your house. Well, it could be going. It could be something from Velisca when you went out there. And then, so I brought it up to the, the group from Velisca. And I said, oh, and Eric had also shown me pictures that the guy that this was attached to mm-hmm. drew and said, I, I heard screaming in the night and all this. And I saw, this is what I saw. And it looked like the faces that I was seeing in the mirrors at Velisca. And so I brought that up to them. I'm like, you guys probably think I'm crazy. I had left this thing in my house. And they're like, oh, well, you're not crazy. As we, as we're intrigued by it because we don't do that kind of stuff, but we know that you do. Yeah. And I, I explained, and the one girl says, you know, it's weird. You were seeing those faces in the mirror. The only thing that she could get, and it was in her, her mind, was a white dress. Like, Oh, crap. So something came back with you. So something may have come back with me. Um, I don't know. So you're probably going to have to... What, this happened to a friend of mine. When they went, the, one of the, the little boy, one of the little boys followed her home. Oh, really? So she had to go back out there to take him back home. Well, and I'm not, you know, it, it can... It, 
could be there. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure that the people at the Velisca house probably don't want their spirit living with me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's not hurting anything. So it's cool with me. But, uh, yeah, it's just, and it's just bizarre that, that that started happening as soon as I brought this thing home. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, so it's drawing energy. It's, things are drawing energy from something. Well, and I've always attracted spirits like that. So. Yeah. Everybody's like, this guy's fucking nuts. We're, we're, we're going to shut this off. And this is nothing. We've you, been talking you for... You definitely a, do attract the weird things. I really do. I really do. Um, <laughs> living, un, not living. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a flypaper for freaks. Um, and this... We've been talking for a half hour, and this has nothing to do with what we want to talk about today. No, so. no which probably should get on topic, because... Well, yeah, because we, we're on limited time. Today. Yeah, we are today. We don't um, have, like, seven hours to do a show. Right. So, what we're going to talk about is... Um, and especially since, uh, you know, Russian Leg Sweep kind of is toning down on the wrestling coverage, we're going to talk a little bit of wrestling today. And so we thought, you know, why not talk about a couple of our favorite wrestlers? Yeah. And oddly enough, this has been my favorite wrestler for quite some time. You've had your favorite wrestler for most of your life. They actually teamed up. They, they had, did. They feuded for a while, and then they teamed up. So we're going to discuss briefly kind of their career that we were familiar with. And then we're going to talk about the team. And uh, so I guess we we'll start with, with my, my favorite yeah. wrestler. Um, my favorite wrestler is Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, it's going to be a lot of, a lot a lot of Savage. A lot of match. Macho Man so, invitations. B- just briefly, early, early stuff. Um, he was a baseball player. Yep. And he was... An amazing baseball player, from what I understand. He, he was very gifted. Uh, had, he was a catcher. had an injury. Uh, someone slid into him and separated his shoulder and screwed up his throwing arm. So he taught himself how to throw left-handed. And once he rehabbed his... Which even back then was unheard of. Yeah, nobody nobody did that. Uh, he rehabbed his, his shoulder and everything so he could throw with either... He could bat and throw with either hand, with either arm. And that's what kind of led to him being let go because they thought, well, this is a freak thing. We're not going to, there's no way we can bring you up to the major leagues. Yeah. So they he thought he was too good. He, well, yeah. He was too good to play in the major leagues. Yeah. So they kind of uh, dismissed him and he went and worked for his dad's wrestling company. So as that, you know, progressed, he finally made his way to the World Wrestling Federation and he arrived there in uh, 1985. Now, in 85, when he first showed up there, uh, they there was a big, almost bidding war for his man, who wanted to be his manager. Yeah. Because he was really good. He needed a manager. And he was a heel, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. A very arrogant heel. And so all the, the, the managers of the day, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jimmy Hart, Mr. Fuji, Luscious Johnny Valiant, Classy Freddie Blassie, they were all competing to be his manager. And... He got them all together, and he said, I picked a manager. And then he brings out Miss Elizabeth, who was the first lady lady that was an actual manager. She Most of the time, they were a valet. They were just there for eye candy. She was his actual manager. She was the, the actual first lady of wrestling. Yes. And unbeknownst to everyone else, at this time at least, it was his wife. Yeah. And I think I told you, Randy Savage was... Uh, the main event for the first wrestling show I ever attended live. And they put in the paper, they put a picture of Randy Savage and Elizabeth in the Omaha paper. And they you know, said, hey, the, these guys are going to be here. And by the way, 
these two were married. <laughs> Nobody knew it. I wish I still had that clipping because they I'll bet actually you can find it somewhere. I'm sure they in the actually library or some shit. Outed that as you know, and they probably got in trouble for that shit. I'm sure they did. So, I mean, Savage was an, was so different. Just in, he had a very energetic style. He was a high flyer, yet he still was a bigger guy. You know, he he, you know, muscly guy and all that. Uh, had kind of a, almost a bodybuilder, a lean bodybuilder look. Yep. I would say. Um, I mean, he wasn't as tall as Hogan. I think Hogan probably had a good, almost a good foot on him. Yeah. Well, Hogan was like six three. I bet I bet Savage is probably like you know, five, five eight, five eight, five ten, something like that. Um, so he his gimmick basically was he was a big shit talker, but he was kind of a chicken shit. Yeah. Um, he would cheat to win, and anybody that would even look at Elizabeth, he would get insanely jealous. Now, real life, and yeah, you know, the wrestling world. Kind of merged there because. Well, it says he was six two. He doesn't look six two. No, because they say Bill Hogan at six seven. That's yeah. That's that's inflated. They always inflated those those numbers. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he would he would be insanely jealous, and, and I guess in real life he was that way as well. Um. Some of his uh, his accolades, you know, that he 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 won the wrestling classic, which was uh, one of the first pay per views ever. Uh, that that WWE put on, or WWF at the time. Uh, it was a 16-man tournament. He defeated Ivan Putski, the Polish power, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and the Dynamite Kid. Uh, actually, he did not win that. He, he made it to the finals. Uh, he lost to the Junkyard Dog in the finals. But then he went after the Intercontinental title that was held by Tito Santana. And I vividly remember that match that was on TV. Because yeah. he got in his trunks and got a, like a pair of brass knuckles. I remember that. And or some little piece of metal or something, and smacked Santana and won the belt. That was at the Boston Gardens, and so I mean he was a great. I feel one of the greatest Intercontinental champs because he added some class and prestige to that belt. That the other guys, you know, they were good, but but Savage boy, he really he was a great competitor, and he held that belt for quite some time until he lost it after he took on. Bruno San Martino challenged for the belt. George Animal Steel. I, I, he, he took on everybody. Tio Santana. When Ricky the Dragon Steamboat took him on at WrestleMania 3. It's the greatest wrestling match in history, I feel. Uh, that thing just, it hit all the points that I needed. And that kind of came about because uh, he had injured Ricky Steamboat's throat. He hit him with the belt. Yeah, he well, he draped his throat over the, the uh, barricade at ringside and dropped uh, the elbow on him from the top rope and injured his larynx. Crushed his larynx, they said, which, if you have a crushed larynx, you're pretty screwed. Yeah. Um, and then he hit him with the bell, and it was a big deal. I mean, I can remember people being very, very upset about that, and he... Uh, in the rematch, it was it was highly billed rematch. Steamboat came back, and they had a a classic wrestling match. So many false finishes and so many near near falls and all that. Um, the thing about it, Randy Savage was notorious for he wanted to script out his wrestling matches move by move, and I think it was something like like 
six or eight pages of oh paper wow numbered and they had it so well rehearsed that they would meet up in secret and they would say okay what is number 57 and the other one would say what 57 was and then they would talk it out from 57 on to the end oh shit and th- that's just how they kept themselves sharp on on what was going on um of course George Steele had a crush on Miss Elizabeth George the Animal I remember that I uh, so they had a big feud there. George Steele ended up uh, accompanying Ricky Steamboat to the ring for WrestleMania three. And after WrestleMania, it was almost like puppy dog love. Yeah, because he was kind of a, a simple, uh, uh, savage. You he's, know, he was an animal. Yeah, he was an animal. He he just he he didn't understand, but he had that crush. Um, and we're kind of running through things kind of quick, but if we got it in depth, this would be a ten hour show. Yeah. So after WrestleMania three, and this is something that I always quite, I always thought this was so weird. So WrestleMania three would have been in like April, March or April. By November, Savage was had, had turned to be a, a babyface, a good guy. Yep. And at the Survivor Series, he had a team because he was feuding with the Honky Tonk Man at this point, who Honky Tonk Man had won the Intercontinental Belt from Ricky Steamboat. Um. And Honky Tonk Man had hit Randy Savage with a guitar and shoved Elizabeth to the ground on Saturday night's main event. So it was Savage's team against Honky Tonk Man's team. On this team... They only filmed... And I always thought that they filmed Saturday night's main event because the only time I ever seen it was when it was in Omaha. Yeah. So that actually... That had to have happened in Omaha if we seen it here on TV. No, no, no. It was was all over the country. They they, Uh, would film it. Um, And a lot of times they would film it months ahead of time. And then they would play it when they wanted it played. Yeah. To fit their storyline. But, uh, so on the Survivor Series team, which, remember, Savage and Steamboat had just had that barn burner match in, like, April. So by November, Macho Man's team consisted of Ricky Steamboat, who Savage basically tried to kill the year before, Jake Roberts, who he and Ricky Steamboat hated each other and uh, Randy Savage and Jake Roberts weren't fond of each other when they were both bad guys so I was, was like why Why are these three guys on the same team I could never figure that out but then I later learned <laughs> that it was it was all, all kind of scripted yeah <laughs> but so they had that you know that feud that, that big deal and the next year they had the big tournament because uh, the, the the world Heavyweight championship had been vacated because of the twin referee business. Oh yeah, the Hebners with Hogan and Andre. So they had a tournament. One of them just died. Yeah, Dave Hebner just yeah, died, yeah. and so did Tim White, which I, I had a couple of uh, he, two, two he, or three he interactions with Andre. Yeah, he was he was Andre's buddy. Uh, they drove him around, and he whenever they would come for an autograph signing, anybody would come like the car show. Tim White was the one that was with them. Yep. So I, I had a couple of, of interactions with Tim White, and I talked to him when uh, we were out in Vegas. He was with Rey Mysterio. A little bit of a side note. Yeah. I'm just Because I'm just going through Randy Savage stuff. Um, Bailey. She gets a lot of her... She had a lot of her inspiration from Savage. Yes. Uh, even her, like her early ring attire yeah. and her movesets. Yeah, because she, she drops that big elbow. Yeah. So I mean, he was very influential in, in a lot of people that you see now. 
But he, he won this tournament. To, and so he became the World Heavyweight Championship uh, with wins over the natural Butch Reed, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and the one-man gang before he defeated the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase in the finals. That'd be a Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame member. Yeah, Ted DiBiase. So he had a he was a good champ. I, you know, he... He took on all comers. He took on everybody, you know, every, anybody that was anybody went, you know, went up against Savage, and he, he defeated them all. Forming a, uh, a alliance with Hulk Hogan in the process, becoming the Mega Powers. Now, as we know, on Saturday Night's Man Event, the Mega Powers exploded because Hulk Hogan had lust in his eyes. He was looking at Elizabeth. And that angle, this is long-term storytelling. Nowadays, they have a three- to four-week build. Yeah. That built for two years because it started when the Honky Tonk Man hit Savage with a guitar. Yep. Because Elizabeth went and got Hulk Hogan to... Save Savage. Yeah, to save Savage. Um, And they had a tag team at SummerSlam where Elizabeth took off her skirt and distracted... Not only Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant, but referee Jesse the Body Ventura. And everybody in the crowd. And everybody in the crowd. (laughs) And Hogan picked her up and swung her around. And if you go back and watch the build, you can see when Hogan picks her up or gives her a hug, Savage is glaring at him. Mm -hmm. You never noticed it, you know, as it was going on. But all this stuff was happening. That was a beautiful build to that story. Well, that's that's when they would take their time and write a story and build up the characters. Well, for a while, all they had was the big show of WrestleMania so they could build for a full year yeah. if they wanted to. Or even two years. That 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 story could start before WrestleMania this year. Speaking of which. Oh, yeah. There it is. We're, we're watching the, the biography of Macho Man and there's the, uh, the skirt removal. Um, that story could start before WrestleMania this year and play through until WrestleMania and be done WrestleMania next year. Yeah. So it could have a 12 to 16 month build. They only well, have one, one to four shows, a, you know, big shows a year. Now they have a big show every, every month. month. So it doesn't, you know, it, it, it's lost. Something. It was like, I, I watched the, uh, money, in the bank match. Oh yeah. So did I. And I thought it was pretty good right up until, until the, the very end yep. when fucking theory. Yep. One money in the bank. That dude, I, I don't. The like guys, him. the guys. He reminds me of a young Randy Orton. Uh, but he's not that good, though. No, but for some reason, McMahon or the writers are pushing this kid. He's twenty three. Mm-hmm. I don't see him being around for a, in a couple years. I really don't. Just because how big they're pushing him now. Yeah, the people are gonna get burned out on him. I'm already burned out on him. So am I. I I've never liked him. No, and his whole thing with. With um, the hell is the guy he just wrestled? Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. That whole thing that could have been a good story. It was rushed. Yeah, it was super pushed. Yeah, and, and Bobby Lashley's got a lot more talent than feuding with Fury or Theory. Yeah, I think so too. But I think I think I think once once they stripped the title from Lashley, they kind of gave him the. We're just gonna figure out something to do with you or we're going to let you go. Right. You're going to do what we want you to do or go to or hit the bricks. Yeah. Well, 
Savage, uh, when when the Mega Powers exploded, huge deal. Um, he attacked Hogan, leading to their WrestleMania Five match. Yep. And in the the build to this uh, this match, No Holds Barred had come out at some point during this. Oh yeah, because Zeus came out. Didn't and he? Zeus became Randy Savage's tag team partner. So we we discussed at length at nauseum, I believe they say. Uh, we have. <laughs> yeah. We discussed the No Holds Barred movie. So, you know, you know all about that. Check it out in the archives. But uh, when, you know, when they were building all this, it, it was, Savage was everywhere. You know, he, he wrestled, he was Hogan's tag team partner, he was Hogan's opponent, WrestleMania five, huge, huge match where Savage and Hogan wrestled. And Randy Savage almost could not wrestle that match. Really? He had injured his arm and gotten a staph infection in his elbow. So if you watch the WrestleMania five match, his his elbow is bandaged up. It's because he, he had to have it drained just before he went out. Oh, shit. And uh, they almost would not let him wrestle, but he, he insisted. So, yeah, there's, you know, just a huge moment there. Uh, after that, you know, Elizabeth went away. She went and did something else. I'm not yeah. sure what she did. She probably just... I think she just... They took her off the road. Yeah. And... She just got tired. Yeah. And then... Because they never had any kids. No, and well, then, then Savage became the Macho King. Yep. He, he beat Jim Duggan to be the King of the Ring. And Jim Duggan had beat one of my favorite wrestlers, Haku. Haku. So he was King. He was King, king Duggan. Duggan. And Which, it just it just doesn't have the same ring to it. No, and it, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but when Savage got it, he really ran. And he... I think he did the most... I mean, Harley Race did a lot with the, with the King of the Ring thing. You know, where he was the King Harley Race. Yeah. Um, I think Sa- Savage was the greatest king. Yeah, he... Other than Jerry Lawler. He said... Well, Savage said it about where the King of the Ring meant something. And he played up, I am the king. You're going to carry me to the ring. You're going to... You know, this and that. Remember King Viscera? Oh, yeah. Oh, he was carrying his ass. Yes, they did. Oh, they did, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they, they did. did. Yeah, he's like 700 pounds, and they carried his big ass out to the ring. Um, but, so him being the, the king of the ring was, was a good run. He had Queen Sherry with him. And, I, like, I like Sherry. Yeah. and She uh, was a great, great character. She was a great wrestler, and that's what made her so good as a character, is she could get in and mix it up with the guys, you know. She'd get physical. Yeah. And well, it, she's got her career started in GLOW, didn't she? No, she was uh, AWA, okay. NWA. Yeah, she wrestled all through there. Uh, but Randy Savage, as the king, had a great feud with Dusty Rhodes. The Macho King. He, uh, Dusty Rhodes and, and Sweet Sapphire. They had a great run. And they actually reintroduced Elizabeth to be in their corner yep. of Dusty Rhodes. Um, which led to uh, big... I mean, we're, we're kind of going through it. He had a big, big feud with Jake Roberts. And that was one of the big traumatic moments in wrestling. Jake Roberts attacked... Uh, well, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Because they, they got married. Uh, not, not Roberts and Macho Man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I now pronounce you... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, Randy King and, and Jake, King and King and Snake. 
That's a movie. Oh, <laughs> the, the King and the Snake. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was uh, uh, Savage and Elizabeth. The Savage and Elizabeth reunited. Got, they reunited and got married. Well, first, well, they, well, it was it was even before because I believe Savage and Ultimate Warrior had the retirement match. Yeah. And Randy had to retire. And he was a commentator for a while. And so he was a commentator. And then, but as, after that match is when he and Elizabeth reunited. Yeah. Um, and sh- they kicked Sherry to the curb. Well, after they reunited and they were all happy, they went backstage. Jake Roberts tried to hit them with a chair. Sure. And Undertaker stopped him. So Undertaker and Jake had a feud. Then Jake gave them a snake as their wedding gift at SummerSlam. Yeah. And that led to Randy Savage being the commentator, came to confront Jake Roberts about something, and Jake was carrying a cobra, and he unleashed that cobra on Jake Roberts, let it bite him on the arm. Well, um, that, uh, the story behind that is, he's like, you're not biting me right, unless you bite yourself first. Mm-hmm. So he bit himself on the leg, because he could put his pants back on. Yep. Or he bit himself on the calf. On the calf. Because yeah. he, he wore them long pants. He's like, you're going to get bit first. If you don't die, then I'm going to get bit. Yeah. Well, because Randy Savage thought somebody was out to get him. Yeah. He always thought, he was always paranoid. And so he's like, snake man, is that snake fixed? And he goes, yeah, it's fixed. They, they, no venom. He's like, well, you're going to have to let it bite you before it bites me. And he did. He, and then he, But he said, he, Jake Roberts, I've heard him tell the story. He said that he let it bite him. And then Randy followed him around the rest of the day. <laughs> to make sure he wasn't going to die. To make sure he didn't go get anti-venom. To make sure that he wasn't going to die. <laughs> but he's like, you're not taking the, any shots or anything, are you there, Snake Man? Because he thought, well, for sure somebody's going to give him an anti-venom. Yeah. Well, I don't think there is one for a cobra. I think I'm not sure. You're just, you're just done. So... They gotta have anti venom for Cobra. They didn't. They, they not back then. Maybe. They couldn't get the Cobra to let go. Jake's or Jake said that the Cobra was like kind of. It not, was just supposed to bite him and then yeah. come off. Well, the reason it got so pissed off is it wasn't really being active and it wouldn't go after him. So Jake turned around oh, and smacked, smacked it. it in the head, and it started trying to strike. And then he shoved it towards Randy, and it got his arm. He was tied up in the ropes, and he got his arm. And just chewed on him, and chewed I remember on him, and watching chewed this, on him because they, they blurted out. And there were little. No, they didn't blurt out. They at first. they tried to, but they they couldn't. They blurted out once he started bleeding. Um, I remember watching this as a kid, and I was scared to death. Mm-hmm. And I went and told my mom, I'm like, Randy Savage is gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> he got <laughs> bit by, by a cobra. <laughs> and my mom's like, Shut up! It's all fake. He's I'm like, No, he die. really got bit. <laughs> he really got bit. So no, I'm like 11. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, they they had a, they had a great feud actually, uh, Savage and Snake, um, and and uh, Roddy Piper had to go down and intervene because they couldn't get the snake off of him. Oh yeah. So Piper had to leave because he was a commentator. He took over, and he had to go down and intervene because they had to find a way to get him out of there because the, the snake wasn't letting him go. Jake was having trouble controlling the snake. So, like, go do something. Which he didn't really know how to control him anyway. He was scared of snakes. Yeah. So, they, uh, they had a... Should you know, have had him be, like, the Jake the Goat Roberts. <laughs> the have goat. Him give him a goat. <laughs> He's going to have him fucking headbutt him? Yeah. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> run, run back and butt them when they're bent over. <laughs> Just <laughs> That's actually that. That's actually happened. Oh my god, that'd have been so great. Just have him go with him in, st- in, the, in the ring, and when the wrestlers bend over to put their stuff down, you just he butts head butts them <laughs> into the turnbuckle. We 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 used to have goats. Oh my god! And uh, this one, you know, after a while, it's like okay, we you know, we're we're done having goats. So we gave this goat to um, to my mom's aunt, so my great aunt. They lived on like a huge property, and they had like this big hill that they couldn't really mow. So we're like, oh, we put the goat on the hill, and you, all you have to do for a goat is make it think that it's tied up. It doesn't necessarily be tied. Yeah, anything. you just throw the rope around. Same thing with the horses. Yeah, you just got to make them think that they're tied up. So what you would do is you would tie the goat up, and you just like tie it to a cinder block. Yeah, and it could drag the cinder block around, but it would it couldn't run away. Yeah, you could catch it. So they had the goat tied to a cinder block, and it would just drag the block around, and it would graze wherever you know. Um, they went out to move the goat one time and my aunt goes out to get it and you know, on this hill and she did something. She bent over to pick up the brick and it butted her and hit her in the ass. That's so funny. It knocked her down the hill. Oh my God. <laughs> she rolled down the hill and they're like, okay, we got to get rid of the goat because <laughs> the goat just, Oh my God, that's great. The goat just knocked Aunt Darlene down the hill. <laughs> so they, that was Alfonso. That was our, our goat. Alfonso the goat. I named him after, um, Alfonso Roberto. Oh no shit. Cause he was in the, uh. The, the Pepsi commercial with Michael Jackson. Yeah. And I found out what his name was, and I named him after Alfonso Roberto. So, yeah. Carlton. So, so after after the feud with Snake, he had a big feud with Ric Flair. And Ric Flair was saying that he had slept with Miss Elizabeth and had oh, photographs. Oh, God, I remember. Those were all the, fo- the They were all Photoshopped. Yes, they, and it was before Photoshop was ever a thing. Uh, it was, uh, they, uh, they had taken pictures from a spread in WWF magazine of Randy and Elizabeth, and they had superimposed Ric Flair over all the pictures. Yeah. And. Because it was all the same initials. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like, okay, so, uh, uh, we're going to have this big reveal. Uh, Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect said, we've got pictures of Miss Elizabeth sunbathing and she doesn't have any tan lines if you know what I mean and they kept that they're basically insinuating they had naked pictures they're gonna show yeah and they had their big match and uh, Randy defended the honor of Miss Elizabeth and then uh, this is when, yeah this is when flair was briefly in the WWF yeah yeah because then he because br- he brought the he brought the uh it wasn't even WCW back then no no it was it, it was well, it was, but it wasn't the WCW we knew. Yeah, he brought because he brought the belt with him. Yep, yep. He it was said, like a big no-no. He said he was the real world champion. Um, he did become the WWF world champion. Savage defeated him for it. Uh, defended the honor of his wife, Miss Elizabeth, and to celebrate, they got divorced. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, they got divorced shortly after this feud because they got divorced in '92. They uh, they actually announced that they were divorced in the magazine. In WWF magazine, they announced that they had gotten oh, wow. divorced. Uh, then See, they, my mom never let me get them magazines because you only, I think you could only get them in the mail at the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it would be at the newsstand because I would read it, but sometimes I'd pick it up too, and then I subscribe to it. But uh, and then something happened. We're going to talk about later, a little later on. Um, 
and then uh, you know Savage kind of started to dwindle out of the limelight in WWF. He he became a commentator again. Yep. He wanted to leave. He wanted to be released. They said try this. He had a feud with uh, Crush that didn't really go anywhere. No, I remember that was it's, lame. It kind of sucked. Uh, he won a match by tying Crush upside down, hanging him upside down by his feet, and he couldn't make the ten count. Um, and then uh, that was he, another wrestler who got kind of shit heel. Yeah. He was. He would have been really good. Yeah. If they would have just because they started him out with that. that well, they started him out in demolition. In demolition. And he was fine in demolition. Yeah. And then they gave him Kona Crush. And Kona Crush didn't work as. I mean, it worked as a as a, a, a baby face, but once they turned him heel, it didn't work. So they pulled him and they brought him back as a biker. That worked for a little while. I thought that was. I thought that was really good. Yeah. It, they didn't really like it, so they just kind of phased him out. Yeah. Um, and then he went to WCW and became Chronic. Chronic, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, those guys smoked a lot of weed. They did. That was their whole gimmick. Uh, so Savage, you know, they let his uh, his contract expire, and he uh, went to he went to WCW. Now WCW, you know, we, I think we he was there before Hogan was, wasn't he? No, he he went about the same time. Uh, because in 94 is when Hogan went. Yeah. So it was 94 to 95. That's when McMahon was phasing out all the old timers. Yep. And they all went to WCW. Yep. And he reunited with Hogan was the uh, the Mega Powers. Then they feuded. Then he was the champ. Then he joined the NWO. And. Well, he got betrayed by Hogan. Yeah. And that's how the NWO started. That's how it started. But then later he became the member and then, Which I never got because he. I thought the whole thing was when him and Sting got together. I thought they were going to fucking team up because against the NWO. Yeah, because I remember he came out. He's like, I've been blackballed. Oh yeah, he was I sitting that. in the ring and he was just kicking everybody's ass because that's when he came back. He was gone for months. Yeah, and he came back and he was like super super sized Randy Savage. Yep, he had he had done some juice or something. He had done a lot of juice because uh, he was super super big. He uh, he looked like Randy Savage on fucking. He looked like the Big Mac version of Randy Savage. Yeah, he did. Well, after that, he when he left the NWO, he made Team Madness, where he had uh, he had uh, uh, Medusa. Yep. He had Miss Madness, who was Molly Holly, before she was Molly Holly, and he had Gorgeous George, who was actually his girlfriend. Yep. And uh, I can't see Molly Holly. Being in the Madness team. Well, she's so sweet. Yeah, well, she was Miss Madness. She was like uh, a pageant winner. Yeah. But she could wrestle her ass off, so she was really good for that. Um, so they, they did that run for a while. Uh, they, oddly enough, a little trivia here. It's a gorgeous George. She was Savage's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he was very protective over her, just like he was Elizabeth. Very jealous and all that of anybody that paid her attention. When they brought the Misfits, the band, the Misfits in, yeah, to be wrestlers, Doyle, Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein, the guitar player for the Misfits, stole Gorgeous George from the Macho Man, and the Macho Man hated him for it, like it legit in real oh, life. Oh, real life, no in shit. real life, yeah. Uh, they ended up getting married. They had a couple kids together, and they had a band. They had the uh, it's called Gorgeous, uh, Gorgeous Frankenstein was their band. So, yeah, and then, you know, he, he still wrestled, but it, it, he wasn't at the height of his game. No. Uh, he released a rap album, including a diss track against Hulk Hogan, 
This and, is when they, they hated each other. And, yeah, they pretty much hated each other for the rest of time. Uh, well, Hogan did him dirty. Yeah. I mean, several times. Just over the career. I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff that they haven't never brought up. Oh, I'm sure. But you know the Hogan, because I think Savage was taking Hogan's spotlight. Yeah, well, and I think that Savage was probably more talented. I think so. Know, more entertaining, at least. Hogan was just, uh, Hogan was, he could speak, and he was just bigger than life at the time. Yeah, nobody, it, it, there was nobody like him at the time. But Savage, when he developed his character and got comfortable, I think he overtook that spot, and Hogan never really yeah. wanted to give it up. So other things, just, you know, moving through this, Randy Savage was what most people know Savage from, even if they're not wrestling fans. He transcended the sport of wrestling. He entered the realm of pop culture and became an icon, mainly because he was the spokesman for Slim Jim. Yeah. And he was in all the commercials, you know, snap into a Slim Jim. That was his big thing. So people, a lot of people that don't never have never seen him in the ring know him from being a Slim Jim spokesperson. Mm-hmm. They may also know him from his acting. Uh, he appeared on... Baywatch. Baywatch, Retro Renegade's favorite TV show. Yes, it is. Uh, he appeared on uh, Walker, Texas Ranger and Mad About You. And he also made his theatrical debut in the film Ready to Rumble with David Arquette. Uh, where David Arquette daydreamed about having a fight with Savage at a gas station. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right, because didn't Savage like throw him... Yes, he like <laughs> threw it, threw him into the into the shelves or something. Yeah, and then his most famous film role was in two thousand two, where he was in Spider Man, where he played Bonesaw, Bonesaw McGraw, uh, and they he fought Spider Man in a cage match and lost, and lost to Tobey Maguire. So he also had numerous voice acting roles. Uh, he voiced uh, an alien wrestler. His name was Wrestler. In uh, Dexter's Laboratory. Yep, that's right. He was also in King of the Hill. He was Space Ghost's grandfather in uh, an episode of Space Ghost. Yeah, Ghost he was. Ghost. He was old Space Ghost. Yeah. with Because he had the big white beard. Uh, he was the thug in the 2008 animated Disney show, Bolt. And that was his, uh, his final uh, film appearance. Yep. And then there was a short film featuring the cast of Bolt. And he was the, uh, the, the also the thug. That show was called Super Rhino. So, and yeah, all kinds of... of uh, he was in all kinds of shit. Uh, he was in Duck Dodgers? I'll be damned. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So, and then he was also in one video game. He was El Machismo in Cars Race-O-Rama. El Machismo. And then... Uh, Wait, isn't that a wrestler? That was a wrestler on um, Impact. Was it? Yeah, El Machismo. Oh, that, that was Black Machismo. Black Machismo. Yeah, that was Jay Lethal. That was a great character. You know, I don't care what anybody says. That was a great character. That was a great yeah. um, homage to Randy Savage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay Lethal is, is a great performer. He, he's, he also uh, imitated Ric Flair, and they had a woo-off. Oh, I remember. That was yeah. so funny. So, uh, Randy Savage, um, he, he did some music, like I said. Uh, he, he made his music debut on WrestleMania, the album, in 1993, where he sang a song called Speaking from the Heart. Um, they would have wrestlers this perform music. The rock and wrestling era. Well, this was in 93. Oh, so this is way, way past, way past that. that. 
because uh, he, he did appear on like the wrestling albums and stuff, but it was just like one line in the song where all the wrestlers were singing. Yeah. This was his song that he sang. And then he released the, his debut rap album titled Be a Man. It includes a tribute song to Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, as well as a diss track on Hulk Hogan. And he did a uh, he did a tour on that, a promotional tour, where uh, Brian Adams, who we know as uh, Crush, Crush, he was the bodyguard, and Ron Harris, who we know Ron and Don Harris were the twins, um, that was a touring manager. And they, he was trying to make another album, but it never happened. So three months before he did that, he was hanging on the rough crowd. He did that album. Oh yeah. Uh, three months before his his death, um, there was a song made that was going to be, uh, or it was the epic rap battles of history, where uh, they they make fictitious, you know, battle, rap battles. Yeah. Um, Macho Man Savage and King Kim John Il had a rap battle. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, that's And his his catchphrases have been sampled in numerous music, you know, and all that. Uh, he portrayed himself in many, many video games based on wrestling. Um so yeah. Then uh, then he passed away at age fifty eight in two thousand eleven. He had a sudden heart attack while he was driving his Jeep in Florida. Were they on his honeymoon? Uh, he had just been married. I don't know if he was on his honeymoon. I thought, or not. I thought that's what it was. They like just got married. They were on their honeymoon. It may, it may have been, but uh, they he had a heart attack and they hit a tree and they say that the uh, the collision killed him. Um, but then they they later did an autopsy. They said that he had an enlarged heart and advanced coronary artery disease. More than ninety percent of his arteries were narrowed. He also had uh, some painkillers and alcohol in his system. He was never treated, and there was no evidence he ever had a heart condition. So the official cause of death was uh, heart disease. He was cremated, and his ashes were placed under his favorite tree on his property in Largo, Florida. And that was near his mother's uh, estate where she lived. Oh. So, and then 10 days before his death, he had asked his brother, who was uh, Leaping Lanny Poffo, the genius... To, One of the, my favorite characters, dude. Yeah, all the genius. People hated him so yeah. much, but he was such a good heel. Well, see, I loved it when when he would t- tell the poems and throw the frisbees in the crowd when he was, yeah, you know, he was enhancement talent. But uh, he had asked Savage had asked his brother to uh, to pour the the ashes of his dog in that same spot. And when Savage's brother, or when, when Poffo asked why, Randy Savage said because he wanted him to remember that spot, and that's where he wanted his ashes to be poured as well. So he's like, you put my dog's ashes there, and when I die, I want my ashes put there. So it was within 10 days of each other. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he was uh, later inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in the class of 2015. Who inducted him? Uh, His brother inducted him. Well, Hulk Hulk Hogan did the induction, and Lanning Poffo accepted the award and gave the speech. They shouldn't have had Hogan do it. Well, the thing is, they had they had kind of made peace. Um, it was they were rivals. They had a, a career spanning rivalry, but they were also tag team partners. They also got along, but not well. Yeah, is <laughs> a thing. Um, and uh, they, they worked well together. That was about it. 
And and here's something interesting, and I'm not quite sure. They during the speech, Lanny Poffo said that Savage's mother and his 30-year-old daughter were very excited and said that Randy will never die. So I don't know if that's Poffo's 30-year-old daughter or Randy Savage's 30-year-old daughter. So I, I am... Well, as I looked it up, I couldn't find any... I don't remember him ever having a kid, but I, maybe, I don't know. Uh, who knows? His kid's on WWE now. Yeah, Elias. Elias. It's not e- Elias. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. And then there, there's a third one now, too. I know. That, that, that's a... That's the best thing going right now. That's I think it's hilarious. I think it's so funny, dude. So there's there there are a few documentaries made that like the A uh, and E biography that we're currently watching. He also there was the Dark Side of the Ring that came out in 2019, and Randy Savage's likeness has appeared in South Park, uh, in 2019, an episode entitled Board Girls. So, de- I mean, decorated. He he had tons of awards, tons of of uh, championships that he had won. And, I mean, one of my favorite wrestlers just because of his personality, because of his, his very energetic athleticism. Um, he just was a fun... It, it, whether he was babyface or kid, it was fun to watch. Yeah. And you remembered. You always remembered his matches. So what, what was your opinion of Mr. Savage? I loved Randy Savage. Everything he's done, I mean, good or bad, he was still a great great person to watch on TV. Yeah, he was just fun to watch. So, and uh, he definitely favored over like Hogan. I think so too, just because he, he a lot of times could be viewed as an underdog cuz he wasn't as big. Mm-hmm. And I think that made him try harder. And the fact that he was such a perfectionist, every one of his matches were spot on. Yeah. I mean, he, you didn't, he, he, there was nothing things. sloppy about him. No. Not like you can see like in these shows today where the, they have to do the camera angles now uh-huh. to, to show that these guys aren't actually getting hurt or anything like that. Yeah. I, I always just enjoyed him and you know, it, it, it sucks that, that, you know, he wasn't really recognized for his efforts until much, well, after his death, you know, yeah, much later, um, in, in the, the history of WWF or WWE. So I think, it, and honestly, I think he's one of those guys who, want, as the characters grow, or as they 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 went off and you know on their careers, you, they they couldn't separate the character from the person. Oh yeah, he was one that definitely he never really broke. I mean, he he would calm down, but he always had that voice and that distinctive voice. And I think he he hit point he hit the point in his career and in his life. Like I said, he transcended the wrestling business. There were people that never watched wrestling that if you just looked at them and went, ooh, yeah, they're like Macho Man Randy Savage. It's like, yeah, snap into a Slim Jim. And they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, larger than life, and the character lives on. So, I mean, what what more can you ask for that even after you're passing, people are still imitating you? You know, 10 years. It's been, when did he die? Uh, what did I say, 2011? Yeah, 2011. So it's it's been it's been over 10 years since he's passed, and people still recognize his catchphrases, still recognize the voice when someone imitates it. Yeah. So that I mean, I think that will live on forever. Oh know? yeah. And people that don't know who Randy Savage is, Macho Man, they know that part of it at least. And so I don't think the character will ever die. No, I don't think so. 
So Just like our next character. Yeah, and we'll get to our next character after a little break here. We'll take a little break and uh, listen to some stuff, and uh, then we'll go into to your favorite wrestler. So, let's, uh, let's take a break here. And now, these messages. In a world where you can take a stand in the fight against childhood cancer, Voices Against Cancer is coming to Sioux Falls July 9th at the Washington Pavilion. Meet face-to-face with celebrity film and voice actors from The Mandalorian, Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, Naruto, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Transformers, Predator, Scooby-Doo, and so many more. To book your tickets for this event, go to VoicesAgainstCancer.org. Happening dance, huh? Wanna pick up the temple? Yeah! Step into a slip gym! <laughs> Tear to the spice! That beefy juicy taste! Jazz, Mr. Savage! How about the funky chicken? Is that a walls? Ooh, yeah! So, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You boys a bit bored? Snap into it! Snap into a Slim Jim! Tear to the spice! Beefy juicy taste! Hey, nice! Antique! Snap into it! Need a little excitement? Snap into a Slim Jim! Oh, Kogan, yeah. You say you don't know where the macho man is coming from? Yeah, you're right. You don't know anything about the macho man, Randy Savage, and where I'm coming from. Because it's mind-boggling to you, yeah! How one man could make it to the top of the World Wrestling Federation mountain, yeah! All by myself. No pukesters helping me to the left. And no pukesters helping me to the right. Didn't need them then, don't need them now. And another person I don't need is Elizabeth either, yeah. Cause I'm the champion by myself, all by myself. You don't know where I'm coming from, Hulk Hogan, this Sunday afternoon. But I know where you're coming from, yeah. I know everything about Hulk Hogan, yeah. I know what makes you tick, yeah. And you've got the audacity, yeah, to see that in WrestleMania 5, that Hulkamania is gonna survive. You don't know me, Hulk Hogan. You don't know where I'm coming from. After I beat you with that big elbow and pin you one, two, three, guaranteed victory! I'm gonna tell you and all the pukesters out there one last time before this Sunday afternoon. Hulkamania is dead! Man, 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 man
does it. You think you got what it takes to be a pro wrestler. Well, now's the best opportunity you'll ever have. Because success in pro wrestling is much more dependent on uniqueness and personality and character. Athletic ability. Uh, <laughs> and desire like a warrior. If you think you've got what it takes, call Warrior University! Have a question to answer your question. As you By conventional means, the normals you travel with experience malfunctions. As you realize, all that is left is total self-destruction. To you, Hulk Hogan, show self-pity. Do you, Hulk Hogan? Try to reason why. Do you, Hulk Hogan, try and comfort the normals that have even more fear than you? Or do you, Hulk Hogan, kick the doors out? Kick the cockpit door down? Take the two pilots that have already made the sacrifice so that you can face this challenge. Dispose of them, Okokin. Assume the controls, Okokin. Shove that control into a nosedive! Hulk Hogan! Push yourself to total self-destruction. As you realize, Hulk Hogan, you are about to enter a world close to parts unknown. Oh, smell it, warriors. Do you, Hulk Hogan, look for a place to hide? Or do you, Hulk Hogan, face that challenge that may be more powerful than even you are, Hulk Hogan? You, Hulk Hogan, must self-destruct so that you will know, Hulk Hogan, who is the chosen one? Falk Hogan! I am not the chosen one that you speak of. I am not.
we're back. Okay, you have a good break? I did. Did you do anything special? No. No, we usually get up and go to the bathroom or get something to eat. and Man, we're clipping along. We, 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 got, we got shit to do. So, well, let's go to your, your favorite wrestler. So who, who's your favorite wrestler? The ultimate fucking warrior. I don't think that's part of his name. What I call him. Oh, okay. Everybody, a lot of people hated this guy. And just because they thought he was stupid, what? they thought he was just yeah. little office rocker. Little office rocker, which you know he may have been, but it was also his character. Yeah, it's another example of he didn't separate the character from real life. No, and even so much as watch changing it, his and, name and just watching his biography, you understand why he yeah. had such a terrible childhood growing up. A lot of a lot of abandonment issues. This is how he connected. Well, yeah, he, how he found himself, how how he found peace in himself. He was a bodybuilder, so he uh, he was on that circuit for a while. Yeah, and he he won. Yeah. Um, I think he won. Was it Mister Ohio or some shit? Mister um, um, Georgia. Mister Georgia. Yeah, yeah, he won Mister Georgia, and the guy was just he was built like a brick shit house. Well, he started weight training at eleven years old because he would get made fun of. Yeah, and, and he, he had picked on, and he wasn't a fan of any sports. No. So that's what he turned to. Um, yeah, he, he, the guy was, he was fucking ripped. Yeah. You know? And so it was, it was kind of obvious that he was going to transition into wrestling at some point. But it was because he met another wrestler named Steve Borden, who we know as Sting. Sting you know, he's actually from Omaha. You see, Sting was born in Omaha. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like to talk about that very much. No, he doesn't. I don't, and you know what? That's fine. Yeah, whatever. We won't put you in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, you know, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame or not. <laughs> We're officially not going to discuss that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, so he met he met Sting, and uh, they they formed a tag team. They had success in the territory system. They were the Blade Runners. Yeah, and they were these guys. And when you look at Sting then, and you look at Sting in the '90s and WCW, or you look at Sting now. He's like half the person he was. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's also 67 years old, like 63 years old. And he's still wrestling. I'm not sure why. I think he's bored. I I think he's just something he wants to do. Yeah. But, so, they they, they had a lot of success throughout, you know, the territories. And he kind of developed, uh, Warrior kind of developed this persona. And, And it was once they put the makeup on. Yeah. And he was the Dingo Warrior. And then he got noticed by WWF. Yep. So in 87, he went to the WWF as the Dingo Warrior. And they just didn't really... It didn't... They it, didn't like the name. Yeah, and they, it didn't make any sense because they, they were billing him from New York. Yeah. And Dingoes are Australian. Right. And they're little. Right. They're and, mean as shit, though. Yeah. I hear, I hear they eat babies. They do eat babies. Yeah, the Dingoes eat. Dingo ate my bye-bye. Dingo ate my bye-bye. Um... That's actually a sad story, but yeah, it is. It is really sad. <laughs> <laughs> but so that you know, he he went on and he you know he defeated a lot of enhancement talent like uh, the Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi, uh, Barry Horowitz, and Iron Which Mike the Sharp. Brooklyn Bra- the Brooklyn Brawler that's like a rite of passage to get into the WWF. Back well, then. yeah, they you he, had to wrestle him first. He was the one that wrestled you to see if you could do it if yeah. you if you're going to make it, and I. Uh, then they developed the Ultimate Warrior, 
And that had the greatest entrance music of all time. Oh, that just jazzes you up. When oh, you, dude, you know. it gets I, I it, it just get me thinking about it. Jazzes me up. Dude. Yeah. So you know, it's like, you know, it really kind of gets you pumped up. And he would run to the ring, full bore, just a, a sprint to the ring and run around the ring and shake the ropes. And he it, was just a maniac, larger than life. Yes, it just intensity, you know, personified. He and also, that's what drew me to him. Well, yeah, that, that's what everybody was like. Holy shit! What is it? You know, look at this guy. Um, but he also then became known for these babbling ass promos that he would do. I love his promos. So do I. I loved his promos. They were so off the wall. He was from parts unknown, so he was a mythical creature. And then he would talk about the mountaintop and and go into the stratosphere and beyond and this and that. It, it was like, what the fuck is he saying? But. If you listened, there was a message in there. You just had to really listen. You had to. You had to understand. You had to speak warrior talk. You had to speak warrior talk. And if you weren't, you didn't have that warrior mentality. You didn't understand what he was saying. Right. And a lot of people didn't. I got it. Well, yeah. And if you listen, you'll get it. Um, he was known for his his distinctive face paint, and he wore the tassels on his arms, the streamers on his arms, and, yep. his, boots. and his boots. Yeah. And that was, that was his, his war paint. You could, I mean, you could just almost envision this guy runs to the ring, just knocks the shit out of the guy, and then runs away. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was his, basically his shtick. Uh, but after they started having him wrestle, you know, competitively, you know, for... The big names. The, the bigger names, uh, he, he was actually beaten for the first time. By Rick Rude, Ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah, they had a they had a good good run, and that was later in the career. I mean, this was just that's who they had in '87. They they had him defeated, and then his first real feud was with Hercules Hernandez. Yep, and they I mean they had a hell of a it was, it was basically a test of strength between these two. Yeah, and they had a tug of war with the with the chain, and the chain they snapped a chain a steel yep. chain. And this is when they inter- introduced Earthquake. Yes, Earthquake was part of... Or no, that, that was with somebody else. Was that? Yeah. Okay, shit, my bad. Yeah, that was with somebody else. Um, so, WrestleMania four was, was Warrior's first WrestleMania, his first pay-per-view, and he won his first pay-per-view match against Hercules. And then he, he went and, I mean, lost a few matches to Andre the Giant, and then Dino Bravo... That's who it was. And, Dino Bravo. Yeah. Um, that was another test of strength. And that, yeah, that, that was later in his career as well. He had he, he wrestled Bobby Heenan in a series of what they called weasel suit matches. Yeah, I remember these. Where you know, Bobby Heenan's nickname was the Weasel. And if Bobby Heenan lost, he had to wear this weasel suit. So the Ultimate Warrior put him in a sleeper, put him in the weasel suit, and then Heenan did his best Bobby Heenan and woke up and tried to get the suit off, but he couldn't get the zipper undone because he had paws. Yeah. And it was just hilarious. He chased his tail and... It, it was just funnier than shit. So, as this progresses, uh, this is about a year after he had debuted in, in 1988. Uh, Brutus Beefcake was supposed to wrestle the Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental Championship. But Brutus Beefcake had gotten injured. Hey, he wrecked his boat. Uh, well, no, no, no. Ron Bass had cut him up with a set of spurs. Oh. And so they took him, they pulled Brutus Beefcake out. And 
Honky Tonk Man went in the ring and said, I'll take on anybody. Give me anybody. The music started. Honky Tonk Man said, not that guy. And Warrior came in, tackled him, picked him up, slammed him. 30 seconds. And it was less than 30 seconds. He won the Intercontinental Intercontinental belt. belt. Now, that led to a run with Honky Tonk Man where they wrestled all over. And I I saw them wrestle once. And uh, funny story that the Honky Tonk Man told. So Warrior was known for this big, what they called a gorilla press slam, where he would pick his opponent up over his head and like walk around with him before he just dropped him. Yep. And when he did that, he had to grab them around by the three on the throat area and in the crotch area and pick them up. So he was very rough. And so Honky Tonk Man was like, now, now look, he goes, I can, I can work with you. I can help you. So you don't have to squeeze this tight in the crotch area. You really don't have to choke me. He said, just let me help you and I'll, we'll make it work. So he taught him how to do that. Well, then, Jimmy Hart was, was uh, Honky Tonk's manager. So Warrior had to pick up Jimmy Hart one time. And so Honky Tonk went to Warrior and said, Now listen, Jimmy Hart's not a wrestler. He's a little guy. He's a little guy, so you're really he's not going to be able to help you much. So you're really going to have to hold on to him. So, so squeeze him on the throat. He has to really get a hold of him in, you know, in the crotch and pick him up. So Warrior did. A lot, he, of, a lot of crotch grabbing. There he is, yeah. So he, he picked him up, and then uh, he was supposed to throw him at the Honky Tonk Man. So Honky Tonk said, when you get him up, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run to the back. And he said, I'm going to run clear to the back. And he goes, and then I'll run back out to save Jimmy. And he goes, then you throw him at me. Well, Honky Tonk, they picked their spot that they wanted to do it. And he said, I purposely picked the arena with the longest ramp. Oh, God. So he gets Jimmy Hart up there. He's squeezing his balls, him. choking him and squeezing his balls. And Jimmy Hart had a high-pitched, squealy voice anyways. And he said he just starts squealing and screaming and all that. And... Then Warrior has to walk with him, clear up the ramp. I remember this. And throw him at... at well, Jimmy Hart is like 140 pounds yeah. soaking wet. But he said, he said, whoa, no, no. And he's screaming because Jimmy Hart was always like, you know, he'd say, God, he's, you know, he, Honky Tonk would say, he's so rough when he does that. He's like, oh, come on, come on. It's just a show, baby. It's just a show. It's a show, baby. So when when they did it to Jimmy, after it got all done, Jimmy Hart's like, oh, God, he was choking me. And he had hold of my balls. Yeah. <laughs> and... and <laughs> And Honky Tonk looked at that high pitched voice. Yeah, and Honky Tonk looked at him and he goes, Oh, Jimmy, come on, it's just a show, baby. It's just a show. <laughs> so he got him back. He got you know, he kind of ribbed him on that. But you know, so he was the Intercontinental Champion, very dominating Intercontinental yeah. Champion. Um and he had a couple different Intercontinental belts too, didn't he? Different he, colors. He had tons of them, and I got to talk to Reggie about that. Uh Reggie Reggie Parks was you know my, my buddy. He made all those belts. And he said that they would call him and they'd say, Okay, we need that Intercontinental belt, but we need it for the Ultimate Warrior, and he's got a yellow suit and yellow makeup that he's going to wear, so we need it to match. So he'd make it, and he said, then like two weeks later, they come and say, Reg, we need like a kind of a, a, a baby blue belt, because he's got this baby blue outfit he wants to wear, and we want it to match. I think that's probably my favorite one. And then he had a, a, a purple one, and he had an orange one, he, and Reggie said, the guy got like 12 different belts, and that he would just change them out with whatever clothes he was going to yeah. wear. And he said, I've never seen anything like that before. And I would like to know where all those original belts ended up. They're around. I, you know, I, I've known of, of people that have had them. Yeah. But yeah, they're around. They're all collectors have them, I bet. But so uh, he uh, he in, entered a feud with, with Rick Root again um, at, the, uh, at the Royal Rumble where they had a pose down. And Rude ended up attacking him, choked him with a steel bar. At WrestleMania Five, 
uh, Warrior lost his Intercontinental belt, actually, to Rick Rude. But Bobby Heenan held onto uh, Warrior's foot outside the ropes. Yep. So, Warrior, he regained his belt. And, and this one, when, when like, he come out and, like, Rick used to, he, Rick used to pick out a, per, a lady in the audience and kiss him. Yeah. Didn't they, like, pick, it was rumored that they, he picked the Warrior's wife accidentally? No, 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 no. That was Jake Roberts. Was that Jake? Yeah, that, that's, that was the Jake-Rick feud. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I... Uh, no, this, this was all about the body. This was all about their pose down and who had the better body. And uh, so Warrior got his belt back uh, for Brood. So he was a two-time Intercontinental Champion. Then he started feuding with Andre the Giant. Yep. And Warrior actually was able to defeat Andre in several quick squash matches, which was kind of unheard of at the time. And... You know, he would he would get a count out. He would you know just it was just different yeah different stipulations. But the story behind that is, so Andre didn't really like working with with the Warrior. He said he was too rough, and he said and he kept telling Bobby Heenan, he keeps hitting me hard, boss. He keeps hitting me hard, and he goes, I'm going to get him. So Warrior was supposed to like shoulder tackle Andre. So he comes off the ropes, he shoulder tackles him. Andre staggers a little bit. He shoulder tackles him two or three more times yep. to knock him down. Well, at one point, he kept telling him, slow down, not so hard, slow down. And one time he came in and Andre just stuck his fist out and damn near knocked Warrior out. Oh, shit. And after that, Warrior, they, they said he was like working with a pillow. He just was so, so yeah. soft and gentle. And uh, he did something to Andre and he hit him really soft. Andre tied himself up the ropes. And then he leaned back to say something to Bobby Heaton and he said, I think he's learning, boss. Nice. So he kind of taught him, you know, how to be gentle, but it, it was in his own way. Yeah. He about knocked his ass out. Well, if you're going to get hit by a fist that's the size of your head. Right. Yeah, it, it calms you down a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So then, uh, Ultimate Warrior, in 1990, started a run where he was going to take on Hulk Hogan. Now, Warrior was still Intercontinental Champion. And at WrestleMania six at the Toronto Skydome, they had the ultimate challenge, which was Hulk Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior. Both baby faces, yep. both champions. Well, they brought they brought Warrior in originally to replace Hogan. They did, because Hogan was wanting to go make movies and things. Yep. So this was a they didn't know how it was going to work because it was babyface versus babyface. Turned out to be one of the biggest matches in history, WrestleMania history. Um, because and it was a it was a good match. You know, I know we we talk a lot of shit about Hulk Hogan, but he actually had a very good match. And Warrior became... And it was, it was a clean pin. It, yeah, he pinned him clean. He beat him clean. It was, it was no bullshit, no count out, no, no foot on the ropes. It was a clean defeat. And uh, so Warrior was a double champion for a, just a very short period of time until he vacated the Intercontinental belt to be the, you know, the, the world champion. So you could say he was the original undisputed yeah. Champion before way before Jericho ever was. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he because there's only one belt, so he had both of the top belts. Yeah. Um, he defended that belt against everybody: Haku, Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, Rick Rude, um, Randy Savage, which Savage had turned heel. He was the the king at king. this point. Uh, he was. Did Savage hit him with the head with the scepter? That was just. We're getting to that. Okay. Yeah, we're getting to that because that's how he lost the belt. I, uh, Warrior got inserted into a feud. Between the Legion of Doom and Demolition, because Demolition, of course, had three members. Yep. 
So the Ultimate Warrior and the Road Warriors teamed up. And at one point during the Survivor Series, it was the Warriors, it was the Ultimate Warrior, Legion of Doom, who are the Road Warriors, and Kerry Von Erich, who was the Texas Tornado at the time, but previously had been known as the Modern Day Warrior. Yeah. So they were all Warrior gimmicks at some point. Against uh, Randy Savage's team, who uh, I had Zeus on it and a couple other people. Um, and at one point, he did feud with Dino Bravo. And we talked, you mentioned that. It was the same thing, that strongman gimmick, where they go back and forth, and they were having a test of strength, mm-hmm. and they were doing push-ups. And they said, well, do you think you do push-ups with a, with a person on your back? And he said, well, yeah. They said, let's pick a person out. And they picked this giant guy out of the audience. Just sitting in the back of the audience. And I felt sorry for him because he seemed to be embarrassed because he was a big guy. And they yeah. bring him out. And I really felt sorry for this guy. And he said, what's your name? He said, John. So okay, John, sit down. He sat on Dino Bravo's back. Dino did some push-ups. Then he sat on Warrior's back. And when Warrior got a push-up in, this big guy jumped on his back. And that was the earthquake. Yep. So that was the birth of the earthquake. Um. So, yeah, he, he was used to introduce another monster heel to the company. So, in 1991, Ultimate Warrior was facing Sergeant Slaughter, who had turned his back on America and was an Iraqi sympathizer at the time. Yep. And uh, this is the Royal Rumble. And this is when Randy Savage came out and hit Ultimate Warrior over the head with that big glass scepter. And that's when, uh, that's when he lost the title. That title that he lost was purple. That yeah. it had a lavender belt on it. So he that's had, my probably my favorite winged eagle. Winged eagle belt. And that's a purple one. That's another thing Reggie said. He goes, it didn't stop at the intercontinental belt. He goes, I had to make him like four winged eagles in different colors. Because then he had a baby blue one. He had the original black one. He had a white one. Yep. Yeah, he had tons. I mean, they and they've never done that for anyone else. Mm-mm. The well, the only thing close that they got was like Steve Austin had the smoking skull belt. Uh, uh, John Cena had the spinning C- belt. Yeah, Cena got the spinner belt. That, that's when uh, Rock had the Brahma Bull yep. belt. That's when they started doing personalized titles. But as far as having, this is our design that we're going to put on the belt. Well, Reggie wasn't even making the belts. When no, he, he didn't make those, those other ones. But uh, Reggie said they've never done that for anybody in history. So he said, that warrior guy was really something. Reggie really thought a lot of, of his in-ring work and of his personality and the backing that the company had. Yeah, because they made him all these, you know, all these belts. It's like well, they they had they they obviously believed in him, but you know he he had his demons and he was doing you know um, HGH, which is a growth hormone, right? And got him suspended. Yeah, and then he came back. He was a little bit smaller, and everybody thought it was a different person. Okay, I remember this. And he had his hair was shorter. Yep, because he'd taken some time off. You know, it's like I think it was uh, his dad or somebody just died. I just listened. I just watched the biography uh-huh. on it. His dad or something just died, and he was going through you know a few things, and so he wasn't hitting the gyms hard. Things just weren't a. Things were his priorities had changed. Yeah, which is, as he was would, going through you know, you know a bout of depression. Yeah, and which we've talked about before in you know past shows you know. Yeah. Um, so he come back, and every thought you know it was every thought it was one of the Von Erichs. They thought it was Kerry Von Erich. Yeah. Um, and so when, you know, he came back, you know, he, I think he, or he teamed up with Hogan. Mm-hmm. I think when he came back, 
and yes, yeah, because like they don't. He's like they. I think Hogan was getting hurt, and Heenan's like he doesn't have a friend in the world. Yep. And then Warrior came, Warrior out, came out and helped him out, and that's when they started the Mega Powers. So this is they were the uh, they were the uh, oh, what the hell did they call him the Ultimate. Well, the Ultimate Maniacs was him and Savage. Yeah. No, there was a uh, the the Mega 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 Ma- no. Mania. No. No. Ultimate, Ultimate Maniacs. Ultimate 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 Maniacs. Fuck, I don't remember. Um, he was, I think it was the Mega Mania, the, it was something to do with, with Hogan and, and, and Warriors name, you know, names put together. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, let's look. Uh, yeah. But, uh, that, that death hoax, we'll talk about that a little bit because the death hoax is what led to me getting to meet him because he was, Scheduled to come to Omaha, just just before that death hooks or just after that death hooks came out, and they put a, another in the paper. They put another piece. They said, uh, you know, he's not, he didn't die. It's not a different guy. And in order to, they don't even t- they don't even tag it. Oh, they don't even have. Maybe they no. didn't have a name because it was just the Ultimate Maniacs was him and Savage. Yeah, and then the Freedom Fighters was, I think, him and Stink still. Which was Flash and Justice, and then the Blade Runners was the same guys. Okay. Maybe they didn't have a name. But in order to, to prove to people that this is the Ultimate Warrior and it's the same Ultimate Warrior, they had him come out and do an auto, a free autograph signing. Yeah. And he was just signing. They had photocopied pieces of paper, and it was already signed. But then he signed over it with a marker. He sat there and signed over oh, it. Shit. My cousin actually got to meet him. My cousin owned a... Uh, powerlifter gym here in town okay back in the late 80s early 90s and when they came to town because he'd get all the he'd get all the wrestlers okay yeah they'd, yeah. they'd come in um so he came in he paid you know just him and his wife his, his wife now he that he had before he, before he passed yeah um he walked in and, and no no my, and i think it was his first wife because he was married twice yep um they walked in it was this beautiful blonde and this big massive monster with his long hair paid his 30 bucks or whatever for the day <laughs> it just worked out and huh? just worked out and they're like he said he was real quiet just kept to himself when that's how he was in real life yeah um and they finally just walked up to him and said hey um are you the ultimate warrior he's like yeah i am like, can we get a picture so they had this hall of fame all these pictures on the oh, wall cool. all these wrestlers and bodybuilders that would come to town yeah and I, when they told me that, i was like oh my god i wish i was here for that that would that would have been cool but no, I remember that. And then also, they tried to make the Ultimate Warrior more human instead of being this mythical creature. So they just had him painting a symbol on his cheek. And cheek, yeah. And that didn't hit because that, it, the people or on, didn't or buy on it. his chest. Yeah, the people just didn't buy it. They're like, no, that's not the Ultimate Warrior. So he went back to the full makeup, full makeup, and all that. Uh, so after after he lost his title, he. Uh, since Randy Savage cost him the belt, yep. they had a retirement match. And, it, and so Savage lost that. He ended up, it was WrestleMania 7. So this is less than a year after he won the belt, he's now in a retirement match. And he, he forced Randy Savage to retire. So uh, then he went to feud with The Undertaker, which that was terrifying. Oh my God, I remember. Dude, I remember okay, when, yes. I remember when they came to town. Yeah, and it was a dark match. 
Oh wow! It was a, and it was a um, body bag match, but it was a dark match. They had it down in the underneath um, the Civic Auditorium. Uh huh. Ultimate Warrior beat the Undertaker, and this is before you know like the dark matches didn't matter or anything like that. Right. So they're saying you're know, like he's undefeated, undefeated. So Undertaker puts Ultimate or under, Warrior puts the Undertaker in the body bag, wins the match. And then I watch wrestling like the next week. It's like the undefeated Undertaker is never uh-huh. lost. I'm like bullshit. Yep. That's like I watched it. Now, do you remember when they locked him in the coffin? Yes. They locked Warrior in the coffin. And, and I can remember he woke up and he was all passed out, but the, the inside was all clawed. Uh-huh. Yeah. That that scared the hell out of me. Oh yeah, I thought he was dead. I so did I. <laughs> and, and I mean, this was in you know like ninety one, ninety two. So I was a little, I was like a teenager at yeah. this point, and I'm like, holy shit, they killed him. I, uh, they, uh, they tried to do CPR on him and everything, so that's when Jake Roberts decided he needed to inform the Ultimate Warrior about the dark side. So they, I remember this. I vaguely remember this. Yeah, he 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 made him sit in a room with a cobra. He buried him alive, and that's when the Warrior was laying in the grave, going, "Bury me, Snake Man!" <laughs> oh my God! Uh, made him sit in a room with a cobra. And he was sitting in a room with an actual cobra. Well, there was a pane of glass. Yeah, between them. Because I was watching when I was watching the biography. He's like, "You got to get it right up on the snake." Yep. He's like, "You, you want to try to make him jump at you, but you can't move." Yep. And because that's when he had like the the partial makeup on. Yeah. And so in, when you're when you're looking at it, when you're a kid, you don't see that pane of glass. It was like they had really good angles, so it uh-huh. didn't look like then you couldn't see reflection. Yeah. Well, he got bit in the face by the snake, actually. Oh, no shit. Well, that, in storyline. Oh, okay. And then uh, that's when, as the poison was taking effect, Jake Roberts turned on him and brought the Undertaker in. And then that's when Jake got one of his trademark phrases, never trust a snake. Yep. So now Ultimate Warrior and Jake Roberts are supposed to feud, but that never happened because... Warrior got in a little pay dispute with Vince McMahon and walked out. Oh, he got he got fired. Well, got fired. Yeah, um, uh, he, he he told him I want more money. He wanted he wanted the same amount of money as Hogan got. He wanted all the same royalties as Hogan got. Yeah, I think he wanted to keep his. I think he wanted rights to his name. You know, just a big demand of stuff. And they were at backstage at SummerSlam. Yeah, and they had a big match. It was him and Hogan teaming up again. They were the match made in hell. It was him and Hogan teaming up against uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Colonel Mustafa, who was the Iron Sheik, yep. and General Adnan. And they said, in the, in the biography, they said that Warrior grabbed a chair, chased the stop, was Colonel Mustafa out yep. to the backstage, and as soon as he walked back there, they said, Vince wants to talk to you. Yep. And then he's like, you're fired. Yep, Get you gotta here. go. Um, but because Vince and him were like super close. Yeah, and they, they always were. And they even, you know... Later on, they they did they made up make up. But I mean, yeah, they were super close. So Vince took this as a personal slap to the face. Uh huh. That you know, why is you know business is business? But this guy's supposed to be my friend. I thought he would, you know, if he wanted more stuff, he'd maybe just come talk to me and we could work something out. Right. But the way he did it, Vince was like, "No, you're not doing any of this." And um, the only option I have right now is to let you go. Yeah, and they were going to let him have the belt again. Yeah, but it just it did, it didn't work out. So then, you know, he, he retired. He stayed away for a while. He opened the Warrior University. And that's where he met his current wife. Yes, Dana. Yep. Because um, she was the, like, the aerobics instructor or something like that. Yeah. 
Well, and this was a, a, a pro wrestling school, but he taught more than just he taught everything, like the the interviews and all. He, yeah, you know, it was it was. He did, he did a lot of stuff. And he did a lot of it with little kids, because he, he, he really did. He you know he's just you know he was just trying to help that next generation of wrestlers, and he had a on his website. Um, this is back probably I want to say, two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. Maybe uh-huh. maybe later, a little later. I was going to jump on it and pay for that his training because he would call you yes every day yep and yell at you and figure out or just get you just get that momentum going to motivate yeah. yeah and it was like 300 bucks oh wow and I was like I, you know I want to do this I want to do this and I waited too long and I didn't do it and I should have right but he, did you know he was in a movie he was yeah he played the swordsman in an action movie called Firepower oh wow that was in 1993 uh, did some independent uh, wrestling work but then in 96 he made his great triumphant return to the WWF where he defeated a young Hunter Hearst Helmsley oh yeah at Wrestlemania 12 and then he would uh, he would that's when he started doing his you know his motivational stuff where he would, you know, he would talk about the Warriors, which was his fans. Yeah. And he uh, started a feud with Gold Dust, and he started a feud with Isaac Yankum, who became Kane. Uh, started a feud with Jerry Lawler, wrestled Owen Hart, and then they all of a sudden they just terminated his contract because this is when his father passed away. Yeah. He wanted he, to take he time didn't, off. He didn't, he didn't show up to... He just didn't show up. Yeah. And he, he was like, you can't do that. If you're a big bill... Right. You can't just not show up to an event. And they did it like twice. Yeah. So that's that's the, the final time that I believe he wrestled for WWF. Man, yeah. He went on to WCW in 98, where he took on the New World Order by forming the One Warrior Nation, or the OWN. Yep. And that was basically a publicity stunt... For mm-hmm. Hogan, because Hogan brought in everybody that never beat him, or that he never beat. That he never beat to get that win back. Yeah. Uh, and he also, uh, I believe this is about the time that he changed his name officially to, to Warrior. Warrior. Um, but he had a, he had a good run in in uh, WCW, but then they just ran out of things to do with him. I mean, yeah. they were doing some weird shit. Where they, you know, and it wasn't Warrior's fault, but it was where Hogan was hallucinating and seeing him in the mirror and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was, it was terrible writing. And he was appearing in clouds of smoke and disappearing and shit. It was just really weird. I think that's when they had, um, what's his name, writing for him then. Oh, uh, uh, Russo. Yeah, Russo sucks. I hate Russo. So, they, he, his last appearance was November 9th of 98. Uh, he came to the rescue of the disciple who was Brutus Beefcake. Yep. And uh, then he retired from wrestling. Officially, year. officially retired. And he would do he would do small appearances at you know. He would do like yeah little, you know little federations yeah, yeah. just like little spot shows. But then in uh, two thousand and three, they announced that he was going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and that's when they brought him back. They put him on the video game. They they had him do two thousand thirteen or t- two thousand thirteen. Yeah, sorry. Did I say 2003? Yeah. Yeah. In 2013. They had him on all the commercials. He was on commercials for these video games and all that. Uh, in 2014, he actually was inducted into the class of 2014. 
And he appeared at the Hall of Fame, gave a great speech. He appeared at WrestleMania 30, gave you know, made his appearance for the Hall of Fame. Yep. And then the next day, he was on Raw. It's the first time he'd ever been on a televised WWE show since 96. Yeah. And he gave a an amazing speech there, which he indicated that he would, you know, until he br- would breathe his last breath, that the the uh, heart of the warrior would live on in his fans and all that. And then passed away the next day. Yeah. Uh, basically giving his own eulogy, which was very chilling uh, and very impactful because, wow, you know. Oh, yeah, it made me, I mean, it was, it was very, uh, it, was, it was just, it was an amazing um, speech. Yeah, it was, it was intense. Um, so, and he gave, he gave McMahon a book and wrote him a letter. Yeah, and he had made up with everyone that he had bad blood with. Yeah. He he had, you know, they showed footage of him hugging Hulk Hogan. And they said that was yeah. they said that wasn't scripted. Which I hope it wasn't because they said that they didn't know the cameras were on. Uh huh. They just happened to catch it. Yeah, and they, Hogan's like, I've been wanting to talk to you or call you for a long time and yep. just didn't know how to do it and you know, like, yeah, he made up with everybody he ever beefed with. Yeah. And it was mainly is, it was mainly Hogan and McMahon. Yeah. And that's really cool that he got to tie up all those loose ends and mend those bridges. And, you know, just because I got to show you, there's no time like the present to do that kind of shit because yeah. you never know when it's going to be your last chance. Well, and like Paul Hammond yeah. said in the biography, it was, you know, it made, you know, could have made a lot of sense. He had nothing that he hated in life anymore. He had nothing to hate. Yeah, and he was at peace. Yeah. He, and, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's almost, uh, Kind of like a storybook ending, you know. It's sad, but he he. It's a perfect ending because he got to make peace and go out on on top. Yeah. Go out on you know no beef with anybody. No, you know there was no uh, nothing that was left undone. No no apology left unsaid, and he got to deliver his own eulogy. And of course, he didn't know that's how it was going to no. turn out, but it did. It's just the universe has a weird way of working sometimes. And it, it worked out in his favor. For for once, something worked yeah. out in his favor. And then now his wife is still part of WWE. And she does the the Warrior... Um, warrior Award every warrior year. Warrior Award every yeah. year. And that's... It's given to someone that has displayed exceptional strength or has gone above and beyond to spread goodwill to others. Yep. Um... So it's kind of a nice legacy that he has. Now, other things that he had done, you know, to kind of pick it up from there, uh, he did he did a lot of public speaking where he would go out and spread positive messages. Uh, sometimes it would you know he would get himself in trouble, but he'd be a little off the wall. But overall, it was good. You know, uh, overall he spread a good message. I I you know I've got a few of his his messages that he would have like that he'd painted. Just oh on, yeah, on my phone. Yep. And some of them, you know, you got to really read into them to understand what they're saying. I, that was kind of him, though. Yeah. You know, he spoke very cryptically and very, uh, almost in riddles. Um, he published his own comic book, featuring himself as a main character, yeah, which I thought was really cool. But you know, because he was still when I like just like I said, watching that biography the other day, you just learned new things about these guys. 
you know, he was trying to find that an, that additional extension of himself, and that's why he created that. Yeah, because it's hard when you're when you're asked to portray a larger than life character, it's hard to go back and be like, okay, I'm just Jim now. Yeah, he, he never would be. No, he could. You know, it was it, he never would be. So he did that. He had a blog called The Warrior's Machete. Where he would talk about all kinds of stuff. Oh, I'd listen to his. I'd listen to his YouTube channel all the time. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he he was very active with his fans, um, and like you said, they had that that Warrior Award that continues on today. Uh, you see his influence in a lot of the current stars, and a lot of people speak very highly of him now. Yeah, where they maybe didn't, you know. Well, because they they had the 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 riot was it? What was the hell was that thing? That video called. The self-destruction the self- of the ultimate warrior. Yeah, which it was all, it was all scripted. Yeah, and it was all very negative. Yeah, and like, I, mean, I think people that that did it, I don't think they realized what they were actually talking about. Right. They did. They didn't. They 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 clipped. They clipped it and pasted a lot of. You know, they made things look worse than it actually was. Right. And that was because McMahon was pissed. Yeah. It, that was just a. It know, was like, you're, if you're gonna try to screw me over, I'm just going to destroy your entire character. Yep. And McMahon has gone on record saying he wished he had never done that. Yeah. Uh, because it, w- it was out of spite. And and know. that was a part of that big downfall on his on his, on his his own personal life when they came out because he ended up watching it and it, it was just bad. destroyed him. It was bad. It was very bad. Um, so that's why he, that's why he like did the comic book and you know, he started doing these these public speakings just to try to bring himself back up. The guy was, he was, he had a lot of demons, a lot of personal demons. Yeah, but, I mean, he really did kind of overcome them. Yeah. You know, in the end. Uh, And this is, you know, and this is, you know, as a kid, you know, you don't realize that these guys are going through all this personal stuff, and as you get older, you learn, you start learning, you know, what, you know, this person is about, and, you know, get to know the actual person. But, you know, and I, so that's why I say, you know, these guys, you know, he still was and still is my favorite character, my favorite wrestler, just yeah. because I've fo- I've been following him since I found since basically since the internet came back. Oh yeah, yeah. Or since the internet was thing, you know, became a thing, and we could actually look these guys up and research them and listen to their stuff, and I just, you know, guy was always a hero of mine, and people, like I said, people bag on him and hate him. Just because they don't know anything else other than the riddle talking, the loud, nonsense making character that sometimes he was portrayed as. Yeah, and they since have kind of given given tribute to him, like you said, the Warrior Award that they present every year at the Hall of Fame. Um, he actually, uh, after his death. He won a Slammy Award for Return of the Year. Um, they put out a actual good tribute video for him called Ultimate Warrior, A Life Lived Forever, Legend of a WWE Hero. See, that's is that a, is, is it a video or is it a book? Uh, it a book. Oh, that might be, yeah, biography. That, okay. that is a book. That I, would, a I book. need to get that. I want to read that. I, I believe they put out a video, like a, a video documentary of him, too. Um, and then, of course, he was on WWE Legends, the uh, the A and E biography. Yep. And they did they did a Dark Side of the Ring on him, which the Dark Side of the Rings are kind of hit and miss. Yeah. Um, 
But the Warrior Award was supposed to be something else. He wanted it to be called the Jimmy Miranda Award to honor the behind-the-scenes employees. And... Oh, no shit. Then they took that and they said, well, let's make a Warrior Award for people who exhibit unwavering strength and perseverance, for people that live lives with courage and compassion that embodies the indomitable spirit of the ultimate warrior. So, I mean, that's something that, that lives on. Uh, and still to this day, they, it's still, you know, the award has his, his face paint design on it. Yeah. And he's featured in the video games, things like that. And what that does is that provides a revenue vehicle for his family. Yeah. So and I think his family, you know, I think that they'll keep doing this Warrior Award forever. I think so too, and that's going to help his family. Well, in for his, a long time, because I, I, you know, I'm looking. I was watching the videos. It sounds like one of his daughters wants to get into wrestling. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That'd be that'd be insane. Oh, I'd love it. I think that'd be great. So yeah, his wife shows up every year to present that award, um, and they have kept her in the loop. Um, you know, like after he passed, uh, McMahon sent two personal assistants down and said, you take care of anything she needs. Yep. I don't care if you have to go grocery shopping for her. I don't care what it is. You you take care of it so that she can take care of her kids while they're adjusting. And so, yeah, they, they had two. See, and that's, that's cool, you know, man. You don't, that's the stuff you don't hear about, you know, like on TV or anything like that. You know, the big man went out of his way to do that for, for her. Yeah. Yeah, so, like I said, I mean, like I said, him and him and Ultimate Warrior, they were really they were really close. The, yeah, they they were. And he would go when he was like when he would be in town, he would stay at their house, mm-hmm. and they didn't have any other wrestler do that. Well, and and Linda McMahon actually was the one that inducted him into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, and that was by his request. Apparently, he and Linda had a great great uh, relationship. So. Anything else you want to say about the Ultimate Warrior before we move on to the, the our two favorites teaming up? No. Um, I would just say, you know, he holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. Oh, you know, and, and he was inspirational to you. And it's, yeah, very, you know, very It's like, you know, so if, if somebody else doesn't like him, that's fine. You yeah, know, they, sometimes I try to be larger than life, too. Yeah. And sometimes it works for me, sometimes it doesn't. Right. And then we'll do this. We'll do this. We'll talk about these our two favorites. You know, coming up for about, for a little bit, and yeah, and then we gotta then we gotta get going. Yeah, because we're getting we're up against a time time crunch here. Yes, so we're gonna the, have to make this one quick. The <laughs> ultimate ultimate maniacs. Now they, of course, as Randy Savage and Ultimate Warrior, they teamed up, and this team only lasted a couple of months, which is the greatest tag team of all time. Well, that's debatable, but it was a good tag team. They were both feuding with Razor Ramon and Ric Flair. Uh, Flair had Flair had taken the Ultimate Warrior's title because Razor Ramon had interfered. Yep. And hey, Chico. So in that uh, in that kind of uh, back and forth, Warrior came out to to save, or Savage came out to back the Ultimate Warrior when he was trying to go after the title. Yeah. And it ended up that they teamed up and they had this run against Flair and Razor Ramon, which was kind of cool. Like I said, it only lasted... A few months. A few months. Uh, they 
I don't know. They they have some great matches, but you know, like I said, very short lived. It should have gone further. Yeah, but uh, kind of cool that our favorite wrestlers teamed up and had the Ultimate Maniacs and some really cool uh, ring gear and some really cool moments. Yeah, they had the, they had they had some amazing attire. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, fun just fun stuff that that you know that happened there. They never teamed up in WCW, but they did both feud with Hulk Hogan. Yep. So they were they rubbed up against each other. They just never teamed. Teamed up again. But so that's kind of fun. Anything else you want to talk about with either guy? No, and team, I, I would anything. love to find out how those two actually got along. Yeah, because they had both had big personalities. Yeah, and they were both insane. Yeah. Just just larger than life. Crazy well, and they never really broke character. So just to see them like after hours would have been yeah pretty, pretty cool. No, I don't think we got anything else. I mean, this was a short, you know, shorter, Sh- shorter show. Shorter and, and you know, kind of short and sweet. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and cut it there then. Yeah. So we got some probably some some theme songs for you. Well, I'm I'm gonna see I'm gonna see if I can find the Randy Savage "Be a Man" and play it or something. Oh my god. Yeah, I'll see if I can find something like that. We'll we'll play something wrestling related. There there we've heard theme songs throughout the show. Um, so been promos. So I think that'd be a good closer. Yeah. So for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power, I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Corey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah.
Hulk Hogan is a real big punk.